You are listening to The Chomp Cast, an official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. And remember, if you dig what we do, flip on over to Patreon.com slash SwordChomp. SwordChomp, and check out the different ways you can support the growing Chomp Nation army. E3 is now in the rear view mirror. Ah, but you don't have to worry about any slumps or slow weeks here at the Chomcast. No, 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 no. We have an exciting uh, post-E3 Fallout week for you. We have spin-offs, jerk-offs, and rip-offs. That's right, spin-offs, we have the musical epic Cadence of Hyrule. Jerk-offs, well, that's just us three, wanking our opinions to and fro. Rip-offs, Bloodstained is the new game that rips off Castlevania in the best way possible. Five years in the making. We have fun polls to discuss with our community, like, how did you feel about Squall's new hair? It's actually a question that we asked last week. I had to know. Uh, the at Sword Chomp community weighs in on that, as well as how gooey is Gooigi, and what does E3 2020 look like, hype-wise? We have some Outer Wilds talk, a <laughs> game that's been <laughs> getting some buzz. Um, I don't know why I said Outer Wilds. And uh, all that and more. Don't touch that dial. Your pretend dial thing. Speaking of ripoffs, uh, this man is a ripoff of Johnny Depp in the best way possible. Um, Howdy. This is <laughs> Howdy. me. <laughs> Fish is here. The Filipino Johnny Depp from Texas. Hey, you like that? Me. See? If you're a rip, see the term ripoff fish, it sounds kind of rough, right? Ripoff. Yeah, it sounds very degrading. It does. Yeah, if you call something a ripoff, you're just like, huh, I really don't want that. Hmm. You know, you look at that that box of, you know, condoms that are used. Generic know? brand? Oh. It's $4. Well, you a different though. way than I. <laughs> it's $1, though, you know? Mm. But you look at it, you're just like, that's a ripoff still. Yeah, the generic brand condoms that are sure to get you pregnant. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Well, what about knockoff? That's a le- that's a level up, right? Knockoff, slightly less degrading than ripoff, right? Yeah, but yeah, those could be funny too as well. You know, get you a box <laughs> of Trajans. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Trajans is that the knockoff condom? What is a knockoff? I couldn't even tell you anything other than what Durex and Trojan. I couldn't tell you any other condom brands. I couldn't either. I don't think yeah, KY's in the condom brands. Yeah. They're mostly lube. I'm sure there are cheaper ones, but uh, yeah, I don't think there's a big market for condoms that uh, suck. Wait, there, there is like... There's... <laughs> <laughs> Should it be sucking with a condom on, Josh? Mm. Yeah, well, no, yeah, look at it like hazard. this. Then <laughs> <laughs> there. You know, the uh, what happens is, if you think about it, if someone goes to the store, Condom is a very serious thing. They don't want any unwanted pregnancy, right? So they're always going to go for the brand that they know. And for everyone, that's generally Trojan. So generally, I would guess, even if new brands are popping up, the consumer's standing there in the condom aisle and they go, I'm going with Trojan because I know and trust that name. The, the condomer? Is he like a tobacconist? Yeah. <laughs> the condomer? The informed uh, condom? Pulls out his little cloth tape measure and helps fit you. <laughs> Oh, that would that would be horrifying. In my case. <laughs> sir, sir, I need to be fitted for a condom. <laughs> it's like a wedding suit. 
We need to make sure it's just right. <laughs> now I need you to perk it up a little. You know what's sad about that? They actually have condoms that are locked now. People are stealing too much. Like back in the day, you know, you just take condoms to the front. But now when I go to stores and I see condoms, um, they're like locked up. Kids be stealing. That must be wanna... a Montana thing. Yeah. Well, maybe. Weird. Or where are you buying your condoms? Where they lock lock the condoms pieces? Up. <laughs> pieces I don't wanna... of rubber. Well, what? I don't, don't want to lock. It's rich people just steal them. You know, they want to uh, want to get laid. They just slip it in their pocket. You know what I'm saying? They've sex. Wow. Um, although box of thirty two condoms right in their right in their pocket there. <laughs> By the way, that's mm-hmm. Josh, uh, Joshua Fowler from Michigan, chiming in mm-hmm. um, <laughs> with his wisdom. You know, it's funny because there's something about condoms that'll just get you a little bit excited. Because like, I sometimes I do deliveries at a local military base, and they actually, as part of their, you know, uh, preventing you know STDs and pregnancies and stuff, they they have a big free box of condoms on the wall inside the dorm. So when you go into the dorm, you walk in, you'll see this giant like dispenser of condoms all sorts of varieties and stuff and there's just something mm-hmm. about walking past that and just imagining all these horny little airmen and it's just it's just like free candy they're giving away and it's like man i had a really boring life compared to these people ah it's too bad not that i ever really use condoms anyway if we're gonna be honest about it. Yeah, right fish high that's five true. air five yep oh hello mr daddy making three yeah oh it's mm. true Josh is too big for condoms, so we all have our own issues, you know. Uh, Josh, I was I saw this this week. I really gotta work on your hype hype man skills. You know, you do a lot of amazing stuff. Obviously, uh, very intelligent man, do a lot of hard work. But I gotta work on your hype skills a little bit because I know you've been playing abduction lately, mm-hmm. but you you didn't tell me that abduction was from the creators of Mist. That would have sold me in like two seconds. Fucking Mist, man. I grew up with Mist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's been uh, just a blast from the past going through that again because it's very much in the same vein, but instead of, you know, going back to the exact same universe that they've been doing for all those Mist games, which continued on way after I'm sure you stopped playing them because they went on past when I stopped playing them and... Yeah, I yeah. hit the big. I hit. Yeah. I think one of the miss, and then Riven was the was yeah. my time with it. You know? mm-hmm. Did you ever have any memories of those ones, Fish? Those old school PC adventure games, like Mist, or was like that weird static, like yes. FMV kind of. Yes, yeah. I don't think if it it might have been Mist, but I did play a few of those games on the computer, and they were tough, I, huh? I, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> They're hard as fuck. I was yeah, just yeah. looking at a screen, and I was just like, I was clicking on everything. Yeah. And nothing was happening. <laughs> like weird yeah, puzzles and numbers. A, and yeah. The yeah. mysteries was kind of a weird take on it compared to most of them. Um, like a lot yeah. of them were just kind of using just like crazy logic and stuff with a lot of the adventure games at the time. Just, you know, it, like it makes sense in a fairy tale because you're playing King's Quest or it, it makes sense in a cartoon. Like it's just logic yeah. that doesn't, like, yeah, it's just wacky yeah. type stuff. And then. The Mist games always had like these weird logic puzzles. Like you're learning about um, how some alien civilization made their technology, and you just got to figure out how to make it work to get where you're trying to go. Mm-hmm. Um, is is the is abduction like that? It's kind of like really just sort of confusing and strange. Yeah, it is. Um, like the big thing in abduction is that you were 
abducted. That's kind of the the big hook here. Mm. Um, but, Probed. Well, no, it's like they right before you're about to die, this alien species will just teleport you away before you have a chance to die, and that's kind of like their thing. Like they're saving oh. all these different alien species, what? so. It's got you and a bunch of humans um, who were also, you know, abducted in similar ways. And then, like, a couple different alien species that they were also kind of taking. Um, and you have to, you know, try to figure out how to get home if you can. And figure out, figure out you know, what, what's going on in this world, which is, yeah. You, you know what's fucking wild about that game, Josh, that also sold me? Because I have like a $30 gift card on my PS4. Mm-hmm. It's in PSVR, man. It's in mm-hmm. VR. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to have to give that a shot. Because that would be weird to go from like the childhood memories of like Mist on like a shitty little, I don't know, like Mac. I don't know if you would have been like a Macintosh at the time. Like a really old school ass fucking Windows. Yeah. And the, you know, adventure game to just fast forward now that exact kind of game, but in, in VR. Yeah. Yeah. It would be really cool. Just, I was talking to Shay about that. He was watching me stream. One of those, one of the, one of the days I was playing abduction and uh, I was, you know, telling him that they actually had it and it's compatible with like all the headsets currently. You can play it on PSVR and they have it on Vive and Rift. Um, yeah, that's true. And uh, they're just talking about how cool it would be to actually be able to be in one of those worlds like that. Um, well, I'm going to find yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Chomp cast homework. Oh yeah, like the the only <sighs> downside I can see that now that I've I've thought about it since he was talking about it is uh, it's gonna make taking notes a little bit harder because you've got a headset on. Uh, oh, if, if you have to take notes for any of the any of the puzzles or something, mm-hmm. so fuck. That's one thing that's gonna suck. But I have to try it. Yeah, how much it is? That's interesting. Uh, I wish I'd heard more about that game. It's neither here nor there. But I just feel like that game has not gotten enough. Like even when you talked about it in passing, like I just feel like that game is not maybe, and and maybe that's just how it's going to be. But I just yeah. feel like that game, considering its history and stuff, yeah, um, I don't think that got as much of a fu- well. I don't know. I say that like the Mist was like the highest selling PC game for forever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, obviously people have played it, but I don't. It, yeah, I don't hear people don't, bring it up all that much. No, so. I was surprised that the Steam reviews are always notoriously positive to the point where it's almost comical. Like you'll mm-hmm. like I can Google like almost any game that's generally well received, and it'll be like Steam ten out of ten, nine out of ten. It's almost like the point where you're like okay, I get it, you know. But yeah. like that game has a seven out of ten on Steam, which is kind of weird. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe people just aren't liking it as much um, as I thought they would. So, but I still want to try it. I mean, it's kind of. It I is like an old school game. It is. It is very much myself. like, <laughs> like a lot of the old games. So people might not really want that anymore. Yeah, yeah, you think you do until, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about later with like uh, Bloodstained and, um, Castlevania and stuff is something that was in a Kickstarter for five years. But I, of course, some General Mountain Time, uh, Morgan here from Montana, and. I'm excited to talk to you guys today. I was actually joking with you guys for the podcast that my family is actually at Golden Corral right now. Free plug for Golden oh, Corral. Oh, lucky. <laughs> for mm. my daughter's birthday, yeah. I love so. American food presented in buffet style. Ugh. Golden Corral is not... I'm not a fan of that place. The environment, the food. No. I, I'm weird. I go to Golden Corral and I eat one thing. I eat the pizza. 
Hmm. The fresh pizza. Oh God! Really? That's a, that's <laughs> oh, a you go to Golden Corral Jesus and given all the options, you pick the worst one. Well, no, I, the pizza, no, they, they have no. hamburger steaks, so it's not the worst one. But it's all pretty bad. But at least I get consistency there. Like I don't like the idea. Like when I see people mixing all the weird shit together, like pizza and a cheap steak, and then like Oriental food, and it's like all touching uh, on the same plate. I'm like, ugh. I love that. Where else can you go that you could get that? I mean, that's the one place. Why not do it there? They do a good breakfast there. That's uh, Why don't you just put jelly beans in your mashed potatoes while you're at it? Hmm. Don't tempt me. Don't tempt me. <laughs> you guys are sick. Both of you. <laughs> you fucking sick. Um, yeah, anyway, so my family, I'm sure that makes me look good because I'm podcasting instead of uh, on my daughter's birthday, but I heard... We hung out with her today, and her uh, the main part of her birthday is going to be Sunday. So, um, I had to, you know, podcast comes before family. We all know that, hmm. right, Fish? That's right, right Fish. Just kidding. Uh, uh, that what makes the you feel better, said. Morgan. Yes, <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, we got a fun mini topic today in regards to spinoffs that will kind of lead us into Cadence of Hyrule because Cadence of Hyrule is an interesting new game. Um, from the team that made Crypt of the Necrodancer, and it's a pretty cool story because they actually went in to Nintendo to try and just basically make some Crypt of the Necromancer Zelda-themed DLC, and Nintendo was like, hey, yeah, we like this, why don't you just make a whole fucking game? Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, and I actually remember thinking for a while, wow, that's a, the more Nintendo does that kind of stuff, the better. That's, that's really brave of them and, and different for them. And then I also remembered, like, uh, they probably asked for like 70% of those profits. <laughs> They're probably like, you know what? That Zelda name is going to sell this game. Hmm. So uh, 70-30. And they were probably like, we'll take it. I don't know. I'm just joking. Yeah, but... I have no idea. But yeah, I'd be I'd curious to that know. That, that... Um, because not only that, but it made their other game, Crypt of the Necrodancers, now the, uh, been selling like hotcakes. Because uh, I checked the I checked the eShop on the Switch every day, pretty much, just for fun. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that it was up there um, in the top two and three slots. Oh. Mm-hmm. But, but anyways, the guy's thinking about cool spinoffs, because it's a really kind of weird, cool spinoff in the, high, in the Zelda world. And kind of our favorite spinoffs, and the idea of a spinoff, and why they can and can't work, I think can be an interesting conversation. One thing I... This got me thinking about, and I don't necessarily think we have to delve into these games unless there's really something interesting philosophically we could say about them. But when I started thinking about this topic, I realized that there are some games that you wouldn't really think of as a spinoff, but they probably are, like Metroid Prime. Now, Metroid Prime, mm-hmm. you could probably make a case that's a spinoff, right? Um, if Metroid was the flagship, uh, I know you look at Metroid Prime as its own thing, so you'd probably think of something like Prime Hunters as a spinoff of Metroid Prime, right? Um, yeah, yeah but it's you hard could to make say. Like, it'd, it'd be an easier case to make if they kept making the 2D Metroids other than on like the handheld systems. But uh, yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. That can get really granular, and yeah. we don't have to consider those spinoffs because that's that's dicey. I mean, that's like saying you could consider Donkey Kong Country a spinoff because Donkey yeah. Kong was e- the everything since the '64. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But but it is interesting to think about because they kept making those mainline games and they gave Retro a chance to sort of, you know, do their own thing with the series. 
and it became something special. But in a way, it's sort of the idea of trying something different and new. Um, but it feels like so much more than a spinoff. But I think it'd be more fun for this conversation to focus on like the fun, weird, quirky spinoffs um, and, and what they meant to us. And there were some that I flew down the list as you guys kind of get your, your favorites ready in your mind here. Pull up your lists or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. s- some funny ones I saw that I thought were interesting. Do you guys consider things like uh, Donkey Kong uh, and Crash Team Racing? Do you consider those spinoffs? I do. Yeah, I guess because it's kind of using the IP for something completely different. I think that's yeah, it's yeah, different game mechanics and everything. Yeah, spin yeah. off. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would say, you know what? When it, back in my heyday, whenever I was renting video games for my PlayStation, mm, like I rented okay. all the Crash Bandicoot games that I could get at my rental store. Huh? All through. at once? You just got them all not at one a, time? Not all at once. <laughs> like, just leaving with like I'm not crazy. <laughs> I would rent one at a time. That was yeah, my that'd limit. Be crazy. One yeah. game at a time for one week. Mm-hmm. And I thoroughly enjoyed them. Anyways, like, I saw this, I saw a crash on a cart, and I thought, that ain't right. <laughs> what the fuck's he it doing was, on a cart, you know? Homeless crash. He's been pushing a cart around. It's been a rough go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I rented that game and I was thoroughly surprised with, you know, how much it was a lot. It was it reminded me of, you know, Mario Kart 64, but I was yeah. just like, man, this is this actually is pretty fucking fun. It's not really like this knockoff cheesy half-baked video game. Like they actually put work into it and it 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 was actually a great kart racing game that me and my sister enjoyed playing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Who won more, you or your sister? Uh, probably me. You were I, the, I you were the sure, pure but... gamer. You never mm-hmm. held back. No family member was safe. It's true. No. Oh. Yeah. My dad. I would always kick my sister's ass, but then my dad would come in and kick my ass. My, I have one of those weird dads who's like, no matter what, he's always better at me. And it's like annoying. Even if he's like 40, he's like 40 something years old. And he hadn't touched a golf club in like 10 years. And we went golfing after I'd been golfing all summer, and he crushed me. And I'm like, he has, like, that old man skill where he just refuses to lose to his son, you know what I mean? It's fucking mm-hmm. frustrating. I'm sure that would happen if I... Now I could probably kick his ass in games, but it's a different time. Um, yeah, he could so probably kick his ass, period. <laughs> don't doubt old man strength. <laughs> don't you doubt it. That's true. Um, anyways, so, okay, so we do consider those spinoffs. So those are interesting and also timely because Crash Team Racing came out today. Uh, the remaster, mm-hmm. weirdly enough, on the PS4. Yeah. Actually, I don't know if it's just PS4. It's probably everything. I think it was Switch and Xbox as well. I'd have to double check. I know for a fact it was on Switch because I see it on the store every day. So people are hot for those games again. Of course, Donkey Kong Racing. Um, I got some sleepers for you. How about this? This is going to blow your mind. Pokemon Pinball. Dude, I thought of that. I thought of that, and I also... Yeah, that was a great fucking game. I don't know where I played it. I think I might have rented it or borrowed it from you, Morgan. You know what? I think you did. Was it like that big black cartridge that vibrated? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, did I have fun with that cartridge. Oh, wait. Pokemon Pinball. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I just realized what you could have done with that thing now. Possibilities. Yes, yeah. I think I did loan it to you. It was a, it was weird, Josh. I'm sure I don't know if you had it or not, but it was like a big ass cartridge with the Rumble Pack built in on the back. Mm-hmm. It was pretty wild at the time, and it was very bright and colorful, pinball color. Yeah, I know. Hey, I, ahead, I know. Fish. I played that back in the day, but I don't really have 
a lot of memories with it. No. Probably just played it in passing at some point, but... It yeah. was a good pinball game, but you caught Pokemon in the process, and it looked great. And it was tough, too, because if you saw a rare Pokemon, like, I don't, I don't remember how it worked, Fish, but you had to, like, hit the pinball on the certain exact things to catch a Pokemon, right? And I remember mm -hmm. it was pretty tough. So, like, some of the harder yeah. Pokemon, when they would show up, you were like, oh, shit, I don't want to fuck this up, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I think that's how it worked. Um, then again, that's generally what you do in most pinball games is you try and hit certain areas of the pinball machine, um, mm -hmm. you know, to gain more points and advance through levels or, or what whatnot. Um, yeah, I don't quite remember it that well. I just remember it was a fun pinball game on on the Game Boy. Um, yeah, yeah. The only other one that I actually played was for Windows that I really fucking enjoyed and I was so sad whenever like my dad upgraded our computer to a different Windows version and it didn't have it on there. Like a part of me died at that point. <laughs> I, I think it was called Space Cadet or something like that. I'm not sure. Space hmm. Cadet, okay. Spin off of what? It was just it was just a pinball game. Uh, oh, you're just still on the pinball into... track. Yeah. <laughs> okay. God damn it, fish! This isn't the pinball show. I'm just. Let's make you. it the pinball show. <laughs> what happened to pinball games? I mean, let's be honest, fish. The chances of getting you to play a pinball game now would be what? Um, let's see. Tomorrow they drop Zelda pinball twenty dollars oh. Nintendo oh. store. You gonna buy thought, it? I... I thought you were talking about going to like an arcade and playing a pinball machine. I'm like, yeah, oh, twenty like minute to, drive maybe. I like to get your hands on it. Okay, I like yeah. to feel the spring in your fingers. I want to, I want to smash that metal ball <laughs> all over the place. Um, so that was. What were some of the ones you guys had though? We kind of go around Robin here. That was one of my surprises, other than the Pokemon TCG. But we don't need to break it. That was the card game. Two Game Boy. There was good spinoffs for Pokemon on the Game Boy. Um, that card game and that pinball game. They did some cool yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was actually mine. Was that was yours? Card game. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love that card game. The only other card game that I actually enjoyed as a kid was Solitaire on the computer, so that held no comparison whenever I actually played, you know, a trading card game over a card game that I actually collected, and playing it digitally was, like, mind-blowing to me that, you know, the the game can recognize, you know, how much mana you already have. You don't really necessarily have to count out your mana to do moves. It just automatically selects, hey, you can use this move on this turn. So, and like it would yeah, keep it track of all Yeah, it did the busy work for you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it made it like far more accessible for um, kids. And I thought that was just fucking awesome as a kid playing through it um, because I never really played the Pokemon card game as per se. I just collected mm -hmm. the cards. And I think a lot of people actually did because... Most of my friends growing up did not actually play the card game. Um, yeah. They're more into, like, magic and everything, and I would play that. But, um, yeah, play, playing that on the Game Boy was, like, fucking awesome. And then years down the road, I, whenever they released Magic the Gathering on consoles and uh, the PC, like, I got that feeling back. But, yeah, the Pokemon tra uh, trading card game was... It was crazier because it was on the Game Boy. There was some, and, like, the PC, yeah. it's not really surprising that it could do that, but it was wild that that Game Boy could do that, you know? Right. Yeah, and it, and it was set up, like, kind of like the game. 
like the original Pokemon game as well, where you would go to different battle arenas, fight trainers essentially, which is just you know. Was there an open players. world and everything? Like you could walk around and stuff. I think there was an overworld map. Uh-huh. You could buy booster packs and shit, though. I remember that. Which yes. Cool. Yes. Ah. Uh, yep. The early addiction. That's a good yeah. one. Um, what about you, Josh? What do, what were you thinking when you thought of your favorite spin-offs? I mean, Fish have reminisced about our Pokemon um, spin-offs. I mean, it's hard to call it a spin-off at this point, but the Final Fantasy Tactics games, um, especially, even if we could spin-off of a spin-off, but like the Tactics Advance games, which were even yeah. more lighthearted and just yeah. fun, still had all the strategy and everything, but were just just fun they're just kind of lighthearted, you know fun games um mm-hmm. it still had yeah. really really interesting storylines even even though it was like made more for kids uh which was fascinating that they were able to well pull it was that off. Bu- yeah it was bullshit that they were made for kids because they weren't those games are fucking hard man yeah i was fucking that was those games were hard as fuck for me as an adult and i was like fuck that <laughs> <laughs> like who are they trying to appeal to here yeah i remember i had to grind a lot in that game for some reason i mm. remember like picking up all the jobs off like a some sort of job posting board or whatever they had on there where you would pick it up and you like you do special things uh, on the battlefield just to earn more gold or currency or experience or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just remember I had to continuously pick up those uh, little side jobs in that game to keep up with advancing through the game. So it it was difficult. Yeah, I remember that game was kind of a grind for myself. I didn't know you played the advance. I didn't know you played those on the the Game Boy Advance. When did you? Was that when you were up here living in Montana with me? Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. Yeah, it still had a few of the issues that that genre as a whole had with the like Fish was saying kind of grindiness. Um, I I don't feel like you had to replay missions a bunch in that one, but it had awkward leveling mechanics the way a lot of them do, like trying to make sure you get the right person to get a killing blow so they don't get left behind. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, one of the, one of the big ones was just you'd get experience. And this this was a nice change, but also kind of obnoxious. You'd get experience just for casting spells, whether you really did much with them or not. <laughs> so you could cheat the system, yeah. Yeah, well, so so like if you had anyone with heals or something, you'd get near the end of the mission and then just heal until you were completely out of mana, and then and then kill the last thing. Um, which was kind of awkward, but yeah, I mean yeah. that's kind of that was. Let me just par let me for, just for the course back in, the, back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> let me just use this spell in the corner of this map against nothing mm-hmm. for ten minutes, and yeah, yeah, you know. And however, it takes, and that's the problem I had with those games. Even though I, I really liked them, is that they were just yeah, they were just they balanced weird and still kind of difficult, even though for kids. Which made me wonder if it was like, well, they're making this lighthearted for children, then why the fuck is it still so difficult? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't. I, it was still almost as hard s- as the first one, like the yeah, original tactics. Yeah. Wasn't Fantasy it still tactics. permadeath? Uh, or no? I don't think or, it was permadeath in either. Or did they die, and then there was like three turns until their body disappeared, or was that the original Fantasy tactic? I, I can't remember. I can't remember permadeath in that game at all. But because well, they were kids, so permadeath would have been brutal. <laughs> Started with a snowball fight, so. and now they're yeah. dead forever. 
Um, yeah, that's a good one. I guess you could consider that that works because Tactics is kind of like the Metroid Prime thing, but then the Advanced series was like a spinoff of the Tactics series. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to argue with that one. That was a good one. Did you ever play um, uh, A2, Josh, the second Tactics game? The Grim... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the... What was it, a DS or 3DS? I think it was just DS game. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, I played that one too, which was also good, but uh, the story wasn't as interesting because kind of one of the... Um, the first one was another one of those it's a dream type game. Like it wasn't actually a dream. It was just like, it was in this book. So like, yeah, it's like kind of like world. a kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah, transported yeah. to another world sort of a thing. Yeah. But like everything had a diff- like a, a direct analog from the world he was to in. the real world. But yes. you know, because you kind of already knew that going into the second one, it wasn't as good as far as the story, but the, the gameplay was still <sighs> yeah. great. Um, I yeah. think they were able to kind of tweak a few of the things that, we're you know slowing it down and and stuff so it's still really good tactics game but yeah another sneaky one i thought about um was metal gear acid i, mean, I love those acid. games acid yeah. and acid 2 are amazing those are fun games yeah mm-hmm. acid 2 was the one that really stuck with me because um, mm-hmm. the art style they, did, they had a really cool like a uh, comic book art style to it those games were yeah. underappreciated i think um, they were because it was it was. It had too much stuff going on. It was a card game and a tactics game at the same time. Yes. Um, yeah. And it also had a ridiculous fucking Kojima story in there as well. So, like, there was nothing to grab onto. It had, like, everything was being thrown at you at once. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think people... Although, ironically, I don't think yeah. Kojima directed it, but it was pretty wild stuff, but that, you know. Sort of. Really? Why the fuck are we doing fireworks right now? On I'm June sorry. 21st. Are you serious, guys? Right it's next my to my daughter's house. birthday. My daughter's Fourth, birthday, Josh. Yeah. You know, they're celebrating. <laughs> Fourth of July is right around the corner. You could have you could have gone to a closer Golden Corral. Uh, uh, Josh, something you learn about living. <laughs> something you learn about living up north, Josh. Like as I live in Montana, Fourth of July starts early. Let me tell you, fireworks will be shooting off mm-hmm. a couple weeks in advance for people. Um, they also had that weird spinoff. Uh. Shit, damn it, Josh, we lose my train of thought. Uh, but <laughs> Metal Gear Acid, yes. I was, uh, I was curious to see how much uh, involvement Kojima actually had in those. And mm-hmm. those are fun games if you can get a hold of them for cheap, if you have like an old PSP. Um, in particular, the, the first or the second game. I think that you'll find the story still pretty light, so it doesn't really give you that sort of a fix. But it's, it's cool because the gameplay is a turn-based strategy game mm-hmm. with like card deck elements. I think you would buy... I want to say it even had like booster pack kind of a things, or you buy cards or earn cards or something. Yeah, I um, think you got them in packs, and then you could also craft them or something. I can't remember the exact card mechanics as far as like how you obtained the cards. Yeah, but, but it was cool. Yeah, like the way you used them to move and attack and stuff was really cool. A uh, funny side note, even though I never really got it to work, the PSP version of Metal Gear Acid Two came with uh, 3D goggles. Mm-hmm. Cheap cardboard 3D goggles that you would fold out of the and wear if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were going with the full acid. They could have really went crazier with the acid idea too. Um, yeah, it looks like it was directed by uh, Shinta Norjiri and uh, mm-hmm. Kojima just produced it. So 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was so still it was, one of those, it, like, kind of... It kinda, feels different. It, it feels It felt different. like one of the, uh... Like, Peace Walker, or, like, one of those smaller, self-contained type stories that they were doing, mm-hmm. where, um... I mean, this one was completely non-canon compared to the other ones, which were... Oh, yeah, yeah, those, yeah. those are all, you know, considered actual story in the games, which... What? Sure, okay. Um, but well, like, but I think that that's kind of a probably a killing point for a lot of people and why those games didn't do as well. Is because because they like, weren't direct yeah, tie-ins, yeah. It didn't, none of it really technically matters in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things, which is yeah. a bummer. Mm-hmm. I think. Um well, actually, it says Acid 2 is the sequel to Metal Gear, and the story is set sometime after the events of the previous... Oh, probably previous Acid game. I think you're right. I don't know. I'd have to look into that, but if you're right, Josh, then that would be... A, yeah, it yeah, was I'm called The Solid sure, I'm pretty sure they're not canon. Canon? Okay. Yeah. Because they had some... Interesting. Even weirder stuff than usual going on in there. Uh, so, yeah. Or if it is, yeah, they two- connected it in some weird way that I I can't even remember, so... Two, uh, Metal Gear Acid Two even ended with like a like a jeep shooting sequence, just like the end of um, Metal Gear Solid One, which is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they called it the Solid Eye. That was the add-on folding cardboard. I box. still have that cardboard thing in uh, yeah. <laughs> in a box send downstairs a, there. Uh, you have to send me a picture of that, and I'll get maybe I'll get it on the mm-hmm. uh, Sword Trump Patreon page, the VIP page. You can sign up for, take a look at it. Um. Anyways, Metal Gear Acid was a cool, weird one. That uh, I'm glad existed. Yeah, uh, that's still kind of what I think of when I think of a spinoff, as far as just completely out there. You know, most people hated it, but still did some really cool, fun stuff. So, yeah, I think my numero uno is probably the Final Fantasy fishing uh, game, Monsters of the Deep, <laughs> that they made. Yeah, but it objectively it was disappointing that it was basically my dream game, and it just it was riddled with basically all the issues of a low budget like B V R game, you know. Mm. Um, like a lot of the distance backgrounds were really blurry. Like I tried like Fish tried to play it at my house and he was like, I can't even look at this. This is awful. And I it the first time I played it I, I enjoyed it, but I <laughs> going back to it is definitely like, wow, this was and then like you the way you move around in the game was like the uh the jump uh, teleportation is what they call it in VR, where you jump around. And it was really like kind of confusing and discombobulating, and the menus and those. That game was such a dream idea, like of this Final Fantasy fishing game based off of the World of Fifteen, and there were some really cool things about it. Cool boss fights, kind of a really cool, silly, stupid story, cool premise, and I really, I still enjoyed the game, but it was just so much wasted potential, you know. Mm. Uh, sometimes I wonder if they had just kept it out of VR and just. You know, made it look good, put a little more time and, and energy into it, and it probably would have sold better as well. Because they didn't really put the time into it that a lot of VR games get, you know? Like, you can tell. If you play a lot of VR games like I do, you can put on that headset, and you can tell the ones that really get that extra polish. And and it helps because you're fucking, you know, looking at this world. Like, you don't want to get sick looking at this blurry-ass fucking, yeah. you know. It's disappointing. Disappointing. Mm. It probably would have been my favorite. They just nailed that down a little bit better. God damn. Maybe one day. Um, but it's 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 interesting. Cause, was there any other ones you guys wanted to mention before we get to Kane's High Roll? Did you hit all your biggies? I think those were the big ones for me. The Metal Gear Acid was the one that I was needed oh, to bring up. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. 
Uh, and there's a lot that, if, for Shay, I know he's not here, but I'm sure he'd mention stuff like Gwent, the oh, card yeah. game spinoff oh from The Witcher. Yeah, but he's not here, so we don't have to talk about that for the next 45 minutes. <laughs> I could, yeah. I, it didn't hook me, but um, I I didn't give it enough chance to. So I'm sure it's I probably. Uh, and the Russia Blood is a really great VR game based off of uh, Until Dawn series loosely, uh, and it's a really cool use of a spinoff um, because you could know nothing about Until Dawn, but if you play Until Dawn, you can kind of link them together, which is kind of cool in a weird way. And it's like a you know light gun shooting game for mm-hmm. VR, and it's really really cool. So. Some cool stuff out there, and a lot of people are enjoying Crash Team Racing right now, but we have been playing a lot of Cadence of Hyrule. That's right, not Fish, because see a Busta. <laughs> As in a Busta without a... Con- Make sure you wear a common. Uh, God damn it, I ruined the joke. Make sure you wear a condom when you're doing all that busting. Fuck! <laughs> uh, well, that went downhill. Uh, a cheap one. <laughs> Hey, I, thought, of, I thought of a cheap brand name, actually. Lifestyle. You? Lifestyle, yeah. Eh, yeah, they'd be in the top three. They'd be the bronze of trust, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did find one called Rough Rider Studded Condoms. So, <laughs> Rough rough Rider. There you go. You wouldn't need those fish. It'd be a gentle slider. Um, For that's his pleasure. <laughs> uh, they have 156 is a brand. And skin. What? None of those S- are. Skin is not a bargain brand. Those are like more expensive than most. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I was thinking, trying to think of other Connor brands. Skin is a big one. S K Y N. Skin. Maybe they're above yeah. Trojan. Lalo started making. <gasps> Lalo as yeah. well. I, I see that here. Lalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they X-Con. used to only make like sex toys and stuff, but they got in on the condom game this last year with. <laughs> their new stuff which is anyway uh, I no I'm not going to tell you that story um cool story the... first time I broke a condom involved Viagra uh, okay so Cadence of Hyrule uh this is interesting so Josh did you play Crypt of the Necromancer I did um I don't think I ever beat it I'm, I'd have to I'd have to go back to my Steam library and look, but uh, I heard that it's very difficult, and a lot of people did not beat it. Yeah, it is. It it was, um, yeah, like the 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 whole thing was compl- like completely roguelike, so you're not kind of constantly making progress like with the Cadence of Hyrule game. Um, yeah. So like, if you if you have problems, you're going back through everything pretty much. And, uh, yeah, it can get pretty tough. You've probably already seen this fish, but let me break it down for you in 20 seconds, okay? The way Cadence of Hyrule works, because I had never played a game like this before, and I didn't play Crypt of the Necromancer, is uh-huh. you simply move your character to the beat. Now, that sounds simple, right? Boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom. And is, if it, you... is it, like, isometric, like, squares yes. that you're... Okay. It looks just yeah. like Link to the Past. Um, okay. And you don't even really see the squares. They're mostly invisible, but you feel them. You know what I mean? Oh, you feel them. It's like an invisible grid sort of a thing. I don't believe it. They're not really visible, but they're. it's obvious that you're moving in a, a grid, right? Okay. Um, but the, the tricky thing is, because moving around is easy enough. If you miss a beat, you don't move. You have to be moving to the beat. The tricky part is, 
getting used to the memory the enemy patterns because enemies will be hopping around and at first it just seems really easy you're like oh, i walk into like literally if you have your sword on you you walk into the guy you swipe him he's dead you're like this seems too easy i don't like where's the game here the tricky part is the enemies start doing all sorts of weird patterns to where like they're coming up at you at weird angles so maybe on the beat they're sideways and you need to turn around but you can't do it in time or something like that or like the enemy has a really weird pattern where they can hit you from a distance or they're shooting a projectile you know what i mean and and or maybe they don't move exactly on the beat maybe they move every couple beats um stuff like that uh there's this one enemy with a spear that you stand in front of him and no matter where you are on the map once you're in front of him he sees you he starts coming at you so you can like trick him into coming at you jump out of the way wait for him and then stab him so like a lot of it is mostly memorizing patterns to the beat because your movements is you know mm. pr pretty basic okay. um and it looks so the, ex so the whole screen is moving to a beat essentially the whole yes. battlefield is okay everything yes cool oh the enemy sounds fun yeah it's cute and it looks just like a link to the past or something like that so um it's got that nice music. Uh, a lot of the, I recognize most of the music, so I don't know if if they were given liberties to like kind of do their own thing with some of the music, like when you'd go underground and stuff like that. But most of the music, I mes. Was there any of the music, Josh, that seemed original, or did it all seem like? No, Zelda I don't think there's anything original. Um, well, I mean, they were like all different arrangements. Like nothing was, um, like one to one. Um. trying to think if there was anything that i remember not being in a zelda game at all i, c I couldn't tell with some of the yeah. crypt stuff like when you go going around well that's the weird the the, the it's got really yeah. a really basic well, I mean, story the, the, uh, there were some wild departures from it but there was generally always like a theme or something as part of the music because like you're saying some of the dungeon ones kind of went off in their own direction for extended periods of time there so yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that that's, I think, part of the joy, honestly, because the gameplay, even though I've explained it, is pretty... It's not the most complex thing in the world, but there's enough there to keep you, I think, entertained. But I think most of the joy that people would derive from this is going to be their love of Zelda, their nostalgia for Zelda, hearing a lot of their... Like, the Zelda overworld theme is great. They have, like, a, almost like a jazzy kind of version of Song of Storms, which is, like, my favorite Zelda song. Mm -hmm. they play at the windmill area it's just fucking great it's like it's like a, like you can hear the drums come in and it's you can hear the little and you know it's gonna be song of storms and it's just like it's pretty it's very mellow and it's cool um and it actually affects the gameplay but they they do a lot of interesting... There's a lot of... The boss music is... The bosses are all based after musical instruments and stuff like that. Uh, it's silly. Like, there's, like, a maraca boss. Um, it's, like, a big Zelda boss combined with a maraca. Mm -hmm. And you kind of hear that in music yet. It's got, like, maraca body parts and shit. It's weird. Uh, it's goofy. <laughs> it's a little... It's goofier than Zelda is normally. Let's put it that way. Like, if you're... It's not... In some ways, I actually wish they played it a little more serious because, like, there's times where the music is getting kind of... Uh, a little more emotional and like it was kind of mm -hmm. it's it's mostly funky and lighthearted and goofy you know what i mean all the bosses are kind of goofy the humor is kind of goofy um and they and they're really playing with that idea so uh you sh you know you'll know that going in it's a fun time yeah. um but yeah josh i don't know how you feeling about it 
I really loved it. It was, uh, yeah. Um, it was basically the exact same mechanic as, uh, well, not, not, not at the exact same mechanic, but very, very similar mechanic to, uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is basically the exact same gameplay as something like, uh, like the original Rogue or like NetHack, um, back in the day where, the the whole conceit is that you move and then all the enemies move. Um, yeah, because they don't start moving until you do. Yeah. Well, they just yeah, dance. yeah. In, in those older games, <laughs> and it's it's basically the same thing. Like everything moves on the beat. The difference here, though, is that uh, you're forced to keep moving in order to have everything be on the beat. So instead of kind of slowly mm, planning out your turns, yes. in an old roguelike like that like you you have to constantly think on your feet because you'll lose your you've got there's like a combo meter that will let you get either a higher score or um in 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 cadence of high roll you've got a uh um like one of the one of the resources you get are diamonds which you get for killing enemies whenever you have mm-hmm. like a higher combo meter um yeah and uh that's yeah. that's one thing i think fish would love about this game if he ever tries it down the road uh is that when you clear a screen fish it's just, it's pretty satisfying so like the whole world is like in a grid sort of like link to the past or something right when you clear a screen of all the enemies like five six seven enemies whatever they are the music changes, it gets less intense, it's kind of like a mellow version of what you were hearing. You can run everywhere you want without worrying about the music, and the best part is a big diamond drops, and you pick it up, and you can use that as a currency to buy, because when you die, it's like a roguelike, so every time you start over, you can spend that currency on uh, different stuff, bombs, shovels, mm-hmm. things like that. So. Hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit more of an addiction. like... Uh... It's it's basically the exact same stuff that you would lose in uh, uh, Majora's Mask, where like you keep all the items, like all the important items, important yeah, items you keep and the stuff main like stuff. that. Yeah, but like you'll lose all your, you know, um, all your money and stuff like that whenever you die. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your precious rupees. Mm-hmm. You do. You lose your all your rupees. Yeah. Which is nice to have a couple of bottles of potions around as backup. You know, but generally if you're... I feel like for me, because it's such a weird kind of game, I died a lot in like the first half hour. And I was like, I don't know if I like this game. And then like once I figured it out... Honestly, once I got the spear, I started to enjoy mm-hmm. the game. I, I never... There's a couple of cool weapons you can get in that game, but I like the spear because it gave me the d- two frames of distance, two blocks of distance between the enemies. Yeah. And... I avoided yeah. a lot of unnecessary bumping. <laughs> you know? The spear is really good, just um, not so much for its own value, but more so because of the way a lot of the AI works. Um, like, there are a bunch of enemies, yes. like the, the yeah. Deku sprouts that'll pop up and shoot stuff at you. And um, then they pop back Zelda. down. Just, they only yeah. will pop up with you if you're, like, if you have a space between you and them, so you can't like walk right next to them and have them pop up and then just Stab whack them. them. Yeah. Um, and so having a little extra range just makes you a lot more lethal against several of the enemies. Um, 
just because of their own movement patterns. Um, yeah, it's true. You hear that fish? You can't just walk up next to the Deku and whack them. You got to whack them from a distance. Safe yeah. distance. Yeah. yeah. They sense. do. They have a pretty good variety of weapons in this one. Um, so yeah, you get some, get some they fun do. stuff. There. There's some cool stuff. Yeah. There I saw there's like, uh, the, these giant, like broadswords that hit from pretty far away too. um, mm-hmm. flails that hit in like an L shape. So like, if you have enemies that are in sort of an L pattern, it'll like wipe, hit all of them at once, which is kind of weird to get used to, but cool. Um, mm-hmm. it, I still had trouble getting used to throw, like the feeling of throwing a bomb. Like it, like, cause you just drop the bomb right in front of you. And then you have to get out of the way. But there was something about, like, if I was in a cluster of enemies, I'd always drop the bomb and, like, find a way to blow up myself somehow. I don't, I don't know why. I was always mm-hmm. blowing up myself with the bomb because I would just get, like, excited. Because, you know, the bomb's about to go off and the music's going on. And there's, like, five guys around me. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I need to dance my way out of here. <laughs> Shit. Um, but yeah. it's, it, there's, there's a lot going on, surprisingly, considering it is pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah, actually... Um... I think probably a good way to learn it, uh, oddly enough, if you wanted to like really kind of get the enemy patterns down. For mm-hmm. uh, th- this looks like it's going to be a great game for speedrunners because there's so much stuff you can optimize yeah. and so much. There are multiple ways to solve basically every problem in the game, um, which is pretty cool. So you can kind of tailor your path however you want. Um, yeah. But learning learning the enemy AI could be a little bit. That's that's generally the challenge. Figuring out what the enemies are going to do. Um, yeah, because even there's even some now that I don't really completely know their exact patterns. I just try to mm-hmm. keep a distance from them and slap them. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that I actually liked about that I was mentioning NetHack and and Rogue. There's actually an option to turn off moving on the beat so it'll basically function exactly like one of those old games where nothing will move until you push a button until you you play it like one of those older games oh weird um like you know really slow strategically which there's not really a good reason to do that just going through the game but it'd be a fun way to do it if you were trying to like never die like trying to go through without without dying or something like I think I think there are really cool things you can do with the game. It's just the systems are so unique and flexible that you could Yeah, there's just there's a it's just a fun game. Like it's one of the few games that I think I'm gonna go through and replay multiple times. It just it has just the systems there to kinda make it fun. Just fun yeah. to play with. So it's it's more challenging than you think it's gonna be because everything's always moving. And you can't move unless it's the beat, which it's not super hard, but if you try to move in like in a, in a moment of frenzy and you're not on the beat, you'll stand still. And that could be uh, mm-hmm. getting you bumped or t- once or twice. So it sounds a little more, it sounds simple, but it's a little more frenetic whenever you get surrounded sometimes. Um, cause I was surprised I was dying at all. You know, like you said, I died a lot at first then I went like three hours without dying at all. Mm-hmm. And so I found my groove. Uh, and then it just was about normal. I'd only really die on bosses and stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you, Josh. I think it's the kind of game I was looking forward to playing. It. I hit this weird puzzle at the end that I'm I'm kind of stuck on um, in the last castle. I, I was trying to watch some videos on how to get through it because I just, it was unlike anything in the game I had seen so far. And from the most of the walkthroughs I was reading, people were like, well, if you get to the castle, you have everything you need. But the two walkthrough videos I saw, the guy had this thing that I didn't have. 
And I'm just like, I don't know. I beat my head over this part for like two hours. And I'm like, it was starting to really bum me out. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I'm like stuck, stuck. And like, basically, it's a, it's a section in the game where you have to jump across these like longer crevices. And the guy um, I saw doing it on the internet was using, uh, basically, <laughs> the guy I saw on the internet, I booted up the internet, I saw this guy doing it. Uh, it was like just a YouTube walkthrough, and he had this uh, power glove where he could like lift objects and throw them. And he was throwing these chests across this chasm and then using his hook shot to grab the chest and he would go over there. Um, okay. So, but, he was, so he was speedrunning it. No, no, he seemed lost. He was walking around for like, 20 minutes without knowing what to do. Hmm. I think it was an accident. I think he got over there on accident, pretty much. Um, yeah, but I don't know how to get across. You just kill everything in the room. I did. Nothing happened. Did What's you? supposed to happen? Maybe not. What happens when you kill everything? Is like a bridge open up or something? Yeah. Yeah, the bridge oh opens my God. The end, so you don't have to Are you fucking serious? throw something across. and. Ugh. It's it's a really weird puzzle too because you have to get these statues to like kill them. Well, can you just shoot the statues? Can you just do damage to them? Um, I don't think so. I think you have to. They I think they only take damage from their own projectiles. Yeah, it was weird. I don't want to get too granular with it, but I was <laughs> getting really irritated. And yeah, maybe that walkthrough kind of threw me off. It was like, fuck, maybe I don't have what I need. Ugh, I'll give it another shot, I guess. Yeah, no, so th that's. It was weird. I wasn't a big fan yeah, of that. I don't that. think you actually need any items in that section. No, like, okay. Some of the items will make it significantly easier, but I think you can solve it just from walking around um, in order yeah, to get everything but, to, to kill its, kill each other. So. Well, But that was the weird thing. So I, here's the, I kept getting it to where there was just like one or two statues left, right? But they weren't shooting. There was no way to get them to hit each other. So I left the room and walked back in, but the statues were, they were stuck. Like, I couldn't get them to reset unless I died. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or you think you have to die to reset those or something? You don't or? need to reset them. You, there's, you can't really get into a fail state there. Yeah, so what the fuck am I... Sp I couldn't get them to hit each other. There must be a way to throw bombs at them or something, or do something. I, I, I can help you later, just so I don't spoil an in-game okay. puzzle on them. Oh, that's frustrating. Let me tell you, Fish, I'm fucking heated about that, because I was supposed to finish it last night, and spent two hours basically slapping Aww. my dick around. Damn, that sounds painful. <sighs> the slapping the dick around. It thing. was. I'm mad. I'm, I'm so mad about that stupid fuck. Anyways, other than that, I had been enjoying the game for the most part. I think $25 is a bit steep. Um, I got it on sale for $12 because I had, you know, Nintendo does that cool thing where if you buy a lot of games on the Switch, you get those points. Mm -hmm. So I, I got mm -hmm. like a $25 game for $12. In which case... I would say pull the trigger. If that sounds interesting to you, if it's like $15 or less, I say pull the trigger right away. Uh, it's harder for me to say go throw $25 on it. I'm not personally that in love with it, but I do. I did really like it. Um, sounds like Josh is is super happy with it. So mm -hmm. uh, The music's great. I mean, the music alone is worth the admission. Yeah. Unless for some reason you hate Zelda music, in which case I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. Uh -huh. Buy, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't like Zelda music, they're yeah, still just... listening to us for some reason. Yeah. Mm. What are you doing here? Um, <laughs> I will say that it kind of gave me that 
nostalgic itch for the like link to the past style zelda games and i was mm-hmm. a bit worried because i was like oh no i'm scratching that itch right now but there's supposed to be a zelda game coming out in a couple months i don't want to scratch the itch too soon you know what i'm saying the itch is coming <laughs> you gotta wait to scratch it sometimes you know what I'm talking about? Savor that scratch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like, like, I don't want to play Pokemon right now. There's Pokemon coming out in four months. You know what I'm talking about? You don't want to scratch it too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've already scratched. So hopefully it was a different and not enough itch. So. Yeah, hopefully you didn't scratch it wrong. Why would you, why would you ever teach a Pokemon scratch? I know. It's yeah. really, it's, it's, the, it's a dark road at that point. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It's pretty cool. For me, it's an easy recommendation at like $15. Or less. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. other than that one stupid. The pacing is weird. I was telling you this, Josh. I literally fish. I, I'm not even kidding you. I did like 97% of the map had I cleared just wandering around because they don't really tell you where to go, which is kind of nice, right? There's like, just go, just play. Yeah, cool. And I literally didn't know what to do. Like, I almost messaged Josh, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. And then I, <laughs> I wandered finally. I finally wandered into an area. Oh, uh, was the, the Lost Woods. And I did that puzzle, and I got to a boss. And I was looking at the map, and he was like, there's three other bosses in the world. And I'm looking at the map like, I don't even have three empty screens. Like, I don't, where are these bosses? And it was just like a weird coincidence that I had, I had missed two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the exact two screens that I had not stepped on for some. So I had some weird, mm. like the flow of that game is weird. They just kind of let you go, and you just got to, you, you don't trigger anything until you fight one boss, and then everything... Um, but yeah, it's just kind of open, but you mm-hmm. know, that's nice. I think the freedom is, is kind of cool. Yeah. And, uh, like you're saying, you can, you can get to the bosses in any order and yeah. a lot of them will have puzzles around them, but there'll be more than one way to solve the puzzles. Um, like there'll generally be a fairly obvious, um, you know, preferred item to use to solve a lot of the puzzles, but a lot of times you can get away with, with other ones. Uh, through just like creative use of the mechanics there, um, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, it was so it was like a, like it's not really a, that strong of a criticism of the game. I just spent like an hour and a half playing the game. I'm like I'm having fun, but I feel like I miss like did I miss something? Like what what am I doing wrong? I I got the whole map unlocked here. Basically, what am I missing? It was just kind of a weird. It was a weird coincidence, or maybe it was just like the way it was kind of set up that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just kind of funny. I thought. Uh, Cadence of Hyrule, and now Crypto Necromancer are popping off for like three bucks on the eShop. So mm-hmm. uh, good for them. I'm happy for their company overall because they got a chance to do something really cool, do a lot of custom music, which has got to be a dream come true to make custom Zelda music. Yeah, um, right. That's yeah. Play with the IP, and then their other game that they made that almost nobody had really heard of. You know, well, let's say had a cult following. Um. Has is now selling like hotcakes because Hyrule's do so. Like I'm really happy for them. It's a really cool thing. Mm-hmm. It's a good story. But I'm really excited to talk to you guys about Bloodstained, which surprised me because I did not think I was going to be excited to talk to you guys about this game. Now I do want to say if you're enjoying the show, you should definitely go to Patreon.com/swordchomp because you can sign up to be one of our VIP patrons if you want. One dollar, three dollar. We we are more than thankful and appreciative for anything that that mm-hmm. you want to donate to us. Um, it means the world to us. It really does. But if you do our five dollar tier, you get access to a top secret VIP Instagram page 
uh it's like a little community and it's a great compliment to the show getting to know us better uh add some extra laughs to the podcast if you enjoy what we do um for example i just got up a funny video before the show of fish double fist and some alcohol um so you don't want to miss that uh e3 clips that we took from our e3 streams um behind the scenes podcasts jokes footage you name it it's worth it's worth your five bucks because you're supporting us and getting access to that in the process um but i'm excited to talk about this on that same note of you know crowdfunding uh this was one of the most famous kickstarters ever uh bloodstained um the over five and a half million dollars were raised by like sixty four thousand plus backers um for a lot of the original people who were involved with symphony of the night one of the most famous castlevania games ever now josh did you did you originally support this game when it first came out on kickstarter i did you did okay i did just because i loved all the old castlevania games and uh Really, really wanted to see what he would do with uh, a new one. In it's been forever since since he's given us anything like that. So, yeah. Which is honestly fucked up because okay, there's a couple things I was thinking a lot about. Um, you know, the term Igavania gets tossed around now because you know uh, Koji Igarashi is the legendary creator behind Castlevania. Uh, and these sort of games, you hear like Metroidvanias, and, and Metroid games and Castlevania games are fairly similar in respects and how they handle exploration and, and the way they feel to play and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think we all have to some degree a backstory. I want to get to our Castlevania backstory here briefly too. Um, but this, the interesting thing about it that fucking pisses me off is that can, they could have. E- there's no reason not to fund a game like this at a major studio like Konami, right? Like, people love Symphony of the Night. They love Castlevania. Enough that there even is a fucking Netflix show about Castlevania. But they could not get the funding or the support to actually make this game in-house? That they had to go to Kickstarter? I think this is just a Konami thing again. They seem to have their heads so far up their asses that... That's what I'm saying! Yes, it's, it's... But, like, how could you not... Like, everyone knows Symphony of the Night is one of the most famous games ever. Like... They have to make games that are less successful than if they just fucking gave him the money to make the goddamn game. Probably would have happened a lot faster, too. He probably could have made the thing with a proper team in, like, two, three years instead of, what, five years, you yeah. know? Um, it's just it, it's just frustrating because, like, when you make some, some incredible games that people love and the support's there, you shouldn't have a major studio getting in the way. But, yeah, it just shows that Konami cares more about, what, pachinko machines than making games now it's just i just it's fucking baffling to me josh i just don't get it yeah i really don't konami has really fallen like they just they they used to be like they they, they didn't didn't make bad games for the longest Uh time there and now yeah so you love the old castlevania games you Mm -hmm. like are you talking like the i know you like the old old ones like the snes ones and stuff but did you play like symphony of the night and stuff yeah, yeah. I, well, I, it's one of the few I haven't actually finished as well, just because okay. it's it's been really hard to find a copy of it. So, like, I played that, you know, in passing before, but then you, just, you couldn't get it anywhere for the longest time. Um, so I, you know, kind of satisfied that itch with all the uh, uh, Game Boy Advance um, Castlevania games, which were actually Advance and DS and, and so on, which were actually 
actually pretty good. Not, not a lot of people played them, but they were they were pretty good. They kind of filled the, DS the void ones? reasonably there. So the DS ones were good, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were just they started shitting out the same thing. Yeah. But again, they were funding those. Maybe maybe it's the sales of those were a little bit concerning for them or something. But really, I just think they kind of shit the bed with maybe producing too many of them because the um, the Game Boy Advance Castlevanias were like a sweet spot, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Aria of fuck, I'm gonna mess up the names because they're all sound the same. <laughs> but they were all music like Aria of Sorrow. Yeah. Or was it? You know, what I'm talking about all those. Yeah, yeah. The those Game are really Boy good. Advance Castlevanias. Um, mm-hmm. Um, Fish, any experience at all with Ca- what's your favorite Castlevania game? 2D Castlevania game. Never played one, or never got into them. I would the say. Fuck is the f- wrong with you? <laughs> the, the first one I did play though. I don't know what's fucking wrong with me. Um, <laughs> maybe I should see a therapist. Anyways, let's. No, the the first one I played was uh, on the Game Boy actually when i first got my game boy and my dad just got a bunch of games from the pawn shop wherever he got it from and mm-hmm. he gave it to me gifted to to me and mm-hmm. i was just popping games in and out of my game boy trying out all the different games that i had and one of them was castlevania or castlevania adventure i guess it was yeah. called yeah they just stuck adventure on the end of a lot of the game boy versions of uh of the, of the games yeah. back then yeah yeah. Well, it, um, it wasn't even that they were the same game. It was just like, yeah, yeah, just stuck adventure on there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah, it came out in like 1989 or something like that. But um, I remember playing that game, and all I remember from playing that game was using my whip to whip out candles, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what the fuck to do in that game. It was difficult as fuck for me as like a six year old kid to go yeah. through that game so like i had a difficult time with it and never it's really... tough the old castlevanias are fucking tough the old ones yeah. are yeah. very tough because they're not mm-hmm. they're not really there's, they're not there's a big divide between those and yeah like, the playstation and then everything past that um, right yeah. yeah yeah i wonder how rpg or symphony of the night was because that was the only one i missed that like because there was the one i played that i really liked was called aria sorrow mm-hmm. they had um harmony of dissonance and circle of the moon were other two other really good ones yeah on the game boy advance but those ones were loot heavy and rpg heavy like yeah if i got uh, stuck i could just grind something the night you know? was also fairly was it okay heavy. yeah okay yeah they had um, the whole um just collecting different did- power-ups and different weapons and armor and Collecting stuff everywhere. Yeah. So. Dude, they're cool fish. Like, they drop shit all over the place. I don't know how random it is. I think it's pretty random because I've already gotten, like, two of this every, one every, helm. Every item has a, uh, or every enemy has a, like, set loot table that you can get drops from. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. That sounds cool, actually. Yeah. yeah it's usually and it's like, like yeah. four-ish items. And, uh, yeah. Like so know, think, some sort of crafting thing, and then maybe some, uh, sometimes a weapon or something. So, but yeah, it's cool because you you see it on your character too. I wish they went a little farther with it, but it's enough to be exciting. Like, uh, you can't change, for example, in Bloodstained, you can't change her dress. And I think in the older Castlevanias that I played in the Game Boy Advance, you could only really see like the weapon. The weapons were the only thing that changed. Yeah. in the in the older ones, so it's it's already more. It is, getting shown yeah. on your character than before, 
but whenever you're only getting like the accessories and stuff changing, it's strange that you're not also getting the armor changing. So. Yeah, yeah, it is like the one piece. The, it's like they de- they spend all this time designing her her uh, attire, and they're like, no, no, this can't change. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. her. This is her look. You know, this is for cosplay. She, she can't change this. But it's cool because like I just in the getting to the first boss alone, I got this funny little armored helm. Um, I was using these kung fu boots. You can you get a bunch of weapons already in the first area, mm-hmm. a bloodstained. But what I'm saying is, it's for me if it was just a side scrolling adventure game. It would be fine, I guess, but like the loot and the RPG elements for me are what kind of make it give it enough flair to make it interesting. Yeah. Because um, the loot be popping all over the place. As you saw with my kung fu boots, I put on those kung fu slippers and I was just kicking everything on that boat until I got like a sword and a helm and all sorts. And like uh, the thing she wears on her head, I think changes too. So like her mm-hmm. her helm piece, her weapon. And there's probably one other thing. Because, like, the foot thing was a weapon, technically. Yeah. But maybe you can change accessories, too. Um, do you know, Josh? You played more of it than I have. Uh, your helm, or not, not your helm, but, like, it's, it can be a helm, but usually it's, like, a hat or something else, some other sort of headgear. Um, yeah. You've got, like, a headgear slot, and you've also got um, a scarf slot, which is can mm-hmm. usually pretty much just scarves but a couple other things um and then a lot of your accessories also show up not all of them but um a lot of the accessories are also um like face related like one of the masks i had in that picture that i sent you that wasn't a that helm. creepy mask yeah. that was a that was one of the accessories um it was just yeah. like a weird you know creepy mask um yeah, yeah. so it's like those those three slots <clears throat> can show up they man they they're uh it's so i guess we can talk about the game i just want to get you guys a stance on castlevania first because i think it's interesting (laughs) to see like where like josh had more of an affinity for the older ones i kind of grew up with the game boy advance ones and then fish hadn't really played any of them um as of yet um so i i guess one of the reasons why i thought i wasn't going to enjoy bloodstained is because i imagined that most of the enjoyment would be coming for people that had a lot of nostalgia for those games right and maybe I didn't realize that I did have some nostalgia with uh, the more than I thought with the advanced games. Because I remember enjoying them, but I don't remember mm-hmm. them being like a profound thing. I don't remember being like, oh my god, you gotta fucking play this. I just remember being like, yeah, that was a really fucking cool game, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, it feels nice. Like, I just started playing it, and it definitely, it's interesting to see what that game looks like and, and plays like. Like, she moves a little slower than I thought. Um, yeah. That's a that's a Castlevania thing with is the, it? the, with the, that, with the switch to the uh, uh, well all of them actually he's got a fairly slow walk uh, which is yeah like the, okay that that series has always been fairly slow but then especially going into like the RPG ones like it's it's got a fairly deliberate sort of a combat to it pacing to it yeah mm-hmm. it's just weird at first because like her movements seem fairly quick and stuff but like. Her jumping and like her general movement is it's not bad. It just takes it's like when I first saw it, I was worried it was sort of like just cheap or bad animation in the trailers. I'm like, oh, that does not look fun to play at all. But it's not bad. It's not bad at all. It's just it's a mm-hmm. weird thing to kind of used to. And I don't know if you saw this, Josh, but whenever they a while back, I guess there was such an outcry to how bad the visuals were that he had to go back and change. They actually went back and changed everything, which is why it was delayed again. Yeah, they've changed the shaders a few times, kind of like I was 
telling you before, and, and the current one is really cheated towards the the player character. So yes, like, your own mm. character looks amazing in the game, and a lot of the other mm-hmm. stuff doesn't quite hit the same bar because no, like no. they changed the way it was rendered, like you said, so many times that not all the enemies got you know tweaked to go with Maybe the new equal rendering treatment. style and everything. <laughs> yeah. It- well, it's hard to tell, too, because I was playing it on my... So I've had a weird... I'm going to buy it on the Switch, I think, because I just... I sampled it, and I like it, but I couldn't get it to run well on my PC because um, mm-hmm. my PC sucks. And then, of course, I went to play it on my wife's laptop, and it runs, but I have to turn everything off. Mm-hmm. So, like, it runs the bare minimum. And there's still sluggishness. So then she'll jump up and, like, kind of hiccup coming down, and I'm like, yeah, I'm enjoying the game. I should probably just... I mean, oh, God, 40 is kind of steep. Ugh. How much? So you backed it, Josh. So did you? Did you know just get it for free because of how much you backed it for? Or yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had a copy included with the uh, the amount I backed. So did you get anything else cool with yours? Or uh, it had like trinkets. Uh, the first thing a DLC in it with uh, it was like a it's a boss fight against uh, Koji Igarashi. Oh, which is <laughs> the creator. Yeah, yeah, he, he put himself in the game. You can fight him as a boss. So, which I've not uh, found yet. I I don't know where he is in the game yet. But I I I, I can do that fight once I find him. So, the the game is have sort of an, an oddly charming appeal to it that does feel very much like you know these people that like a labor of love kind of thing. Yeah, um, there's a lot of that in there. Like you sent me a picture of this bizarre photorealistic looking cat that you just come across as an enemy, and it's yeah, it was one of the backers cats that they got made into an enemy oh was that okay yeah. i was um, i was looking at that and i was like oh my god that looks horrendously stupid what is but now yeah. like i didn't have any context yeah yeah there's a bunch of like strange stuff mm. like that and like in in basically all the castlevania games there's always been this you know kind of possessed painting enemy that'll show up and yeah. instead of that being like one or two different painting sprites on there like a ton of the backers that were like higher tier have like portraits of themselves made um in there so there's like a ton of variety for the different painting enemies that you fight that are all different backers and stuff which is just kind of that is cool yeah it's just, it's really <laughs> neat it, like it really it a lot of that is just it's charming really whenever homegrown. you see the all the different yeah. people who were you know it's invested in it so it's gonna rub people i think to some degree maybe the wrong way mm-hmm. um because like, for some people it might be charming and for some people it might seem cheesy awkward cheap yeah yeah uh i i will say that just the weirdness of it one like i didn't expect the game to start on a boat and i didn't expect the first boss to be a giant uh mermaid with a vagina that appears to be a monster so i'm not making that up fish that's mm-hmm. real i sent you a video of that that is a <laughs> he looked <laughs> very surprised high. yeah he hadn't checked the chat yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm it was it was something else, you know. I I want to get a real video up, uh, whenever I get that on Switch and I can take one. But I might maybe <laughs> I'll put one in there. But like I was just like, wow, that's a giant mermaid with a monstrous snatch. Okay, all right, this game seems all right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's pretty fun. It's pretty. I mean it's straightforward. I guess the weirdest thing about it is I'm surprised I'm enjoying it so much, despite the fact that there's really nothing that special about it, except maybe. The most special thing about it is that it's the original creator of Castlevania, and mm-hmm. it's a passion project created by fans. So, in some ways, it's the most special. And yet, 
it's just like there isn't anything about it that's necessarily like revolutionary or groundbreaking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a very weird product. Um, yeah. How far? What's your progress at, Josh? How how far are you in the game? Would you say? Oh, I'd have to look at the percentages. Um, I've beaten like six bosses. Okay, something like that's that. Good. Um, How are you feeling about its sustained level of quality? How are you feeling about it overall? Like it seems to be pretty, pretty solid as you go. Like, like it's it's gotten, um, it's got some cool mechanics going on, such as uh, they've they've always kind of had these, um, you know, you're you're in a castle, so you're in a big tower or whatever. They've got mm-hmm. a few levels. Or not really levels, but like screens in the tower, where you're like on the outside of a circular tower, and the the room itself will like loop around as you're going up a spiral along a tower. Oh, weird! Um, which kind of mm. leads to some weird puzzling elements because you'll have to figure out exactly how to get somewhere on a cylinder because you're like going around. Like it's oh, yeah, weird. It's got some really cool, like a fez kind of a thing where you're using the angles or like a no, 2D, no, 3D it's, kind it's of thing? still it's. It's still like you can only go left and right. It's not like okay. you're you're manually manually controlling anything, but like getting to like a lot of the harder to get items and stuff there are just yeah. neat because the way you have to think about the space is not something you like you're thinking about this whole world in 2D and all of a sudden you get to these few sections that are like not and it's okay. it's it's just kind of Yeah, it's like that half 2D 3D halfway mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. Um so, should I put it, because it seems pretty easy, is that just because it's the beginning of the game, or should I put it on hard if I get it on Switch? Um, I don't think you can unlock it on hard to begin with. I, I, I only oh, have the option okay. to start it on normal. Um, oh, I thought and, I saw hard on there for me. But well, maybe... they both show up, but they're, I'm guessing you just you clicked on it before it. you went there. The other two are grayed out. It just looked like they weren't selected whenever I first did there, so I'm like, oh, okay, I'll start it on okay. hard, but no, they're 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 grayed out. It just... I kind of wish you could. It seems like it's out, so because um, like you can kind of cheat the game a little in a fun way with by leveling up. Like you actually level up and you get loot. Yeah. So being having a harder difficulty would be kind of nice. I think. Yeah, they right kind of the get around that in a few ways, but it's um your level doesn't do an awful lot. Like it'll mm-hmm. give you more health and mana, but it doesn't like make you a ton stronger. Uh like most of the power gains come from weapons and stuff. Yeah. Um and that this is this is actually kind of been a staple of the uh all those Castlevania games ever since, you know, since uh since the PS1. Where um if you want to get the exact weapon you want, there will be some amount of grinding to get it. Um, because of like all the different loot tables, like I was mentioning before, you go kill that one enemy yeah, over like, and over and over. Again, yeah, like I, I bet that like this one enemy has a certain attack. Like I bet he has the weapon that I want, so you can go kill him a yeah, bunch of times yeah. and try to get their weapon. And like they don't always have exactly the same weapon, but you usually get something you know in a similar sort of style. Um, and so that's always been kind of one of the one of the unique aspects to to the the franchise. Um, and this really kind of keeps that, uh, the same way. Like, uh, 
at the beginning, you only have a few different weapons to pick from. You've got like the boots, like you're saying, and you can pick like a great sword or uh, like a, just a, a short, you know, like a dagger or something. And they've all got fairly different attacks. And yeah. you'll get variations on those as you go, but you'll also get a bunch of different, like completely different moveset type of weapons. Um, like one of my favorites so far was like, um, it was dropped by the Demon Barbers. And it's like a really, really fast, like you don't even Demon see... Barbers of Fleet Street? What is this? What is mm-hmm. this fucking Sweeney yeah, Todd? They, they, <laughs> they, uh, like the weapon attack, like, it just looks like a blur. Like, it's just the thing swings so fast, it just looks like a blur. Yeah. Um, it doesn't do a lot of damage, but it's one of the few weapons you can use while you're moving because it's just such a fast attack speed. Um, yeah. So it can make things a little bit more smooth. So you can you can really pick how you want to play uh, the game just based off of which weapons you like. So. Yeah, it's, it's a really cool game. I'm really digging it. I think, Fish, I actually honestly think that you would dig it. Um... But do you hmm. have okay. you have you you bought a lot of games in your Switch, right? Do you have a lot of those coins saved up? Those uh that Nintendo currency? Uh, I probably do because I haven't spent any of it or hmm. I haven't used any of it for, so You should go I you should wonder. look when you go to buy it'll say like use your whatever currency and it will show you how much you have, but I think it translates one oh. to one to like like if you have seventeen hundred and forty nine, I think that's like seventeen dollars. Yeah. So I think the points are a one to one transfer. Uh, you should take a look. I'm fascinated to know how much points you have because you bought a lot of physical games, which might have hurt you. But every digital purchase, those all come with a uh, code that you can turn into points if you really? if you yeah. have a physical copy. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. You should because you might have enough to get yourself a free. Because I I think we're all getting Mario Maker two, right? Is that all on our list? Mm-hmm. It depends how much the kid wants it. Wow! I can't believe that. I thought we were all getting into the Mario Maker thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll see what else is coming out this summer. But what? there's been a ton of stuff coming out recently between Cadence of Hyrule and Bloodstained, and um. But we can make Mario levels for each other. Yeah, Outer Wilds and uh, Sea of Solitude is about to come out in the next couple. Yeah, but Josh, weeks, I thought too. you'd have been all about Mario Maker. That's weird. Did you not play the one on the Wii U? No, no, I never really got into oh. it. I was burnt so out on Mario much... at that. Uh, well, not burnt out on Mario, but burnt out on the two D Mario's because. Yeah. Yeah, they released all, all the, those all the Wii U Bros Super and... Mario yeah. games. Like the oh, entire yeah. series of new Super Mario games are terrible. They're fucking atrocious, and everyone loves them for some reason. So I was just not feeling it with no i hate those games yeah the with, new with mario, mario maker at that point well, it's just their the yeah. art style is just bad i mean the game i don't even know if it's good or bad or not the art no, style is just mechanics horrible. aren't good like I, i've got one or two of them for my family just because they love mario a bunch but yeah. it's like, they, like does it feel weird to move around and stuff in those games well kinda? they they basically use the exact same control scheme as you know the original mario like you've got okay. a button to jump a button to Sounds run it's good yeah, it's very simple. You've got more buttons than that. You should use them. Is the issue because they map so many things together that, especially once you start playing multiplayer and stuff, you just pick shit up without meaning to. Because the run button also grabs things oh, and no. stuff like that. Yeah. Like, like they oversimplified it to the point where it just doesn't work. 
is was the issue. Like and those are the bubble games, right? Where people die yeah. and they go into yeah, a bubble. Yeah, they go yeah. yeah. And you can yeah, which and that that that's the issue because like a lot of the things like you've got the the same sort of mechanics where like if you're if you're holding down sprint, you can run across like a single block gap type thing. Mm-hmm. Still have puzzles like that. But if you're playing it with family and friends and are near each other while you're trying to run across there, you'll just pick each other up and throw you throw each other to your death. So it's like and like I guess if they just want it to be dumb fun and something you don't take serious, that's fine. But I don't know. Like I, I really got into the really just unbelievably finely tuned uh mechanics that you get in like uh super mario galaxy and especially super mario odyssey which is like the best mario move set that they've released. well and the donkey just, kong country games have gotten a lot better the yeah 2D yeah donkey exactly kong. and this just felt so dumbed down compared to that that if you just wanted a fun yeah, game to kind of jump in with fa- with family and friends it's all right but i just i didn't want that so, yeah yeah my family played a ton of it i just i didn't really like it so, yeah, I had that, the same that game talked me out of getting Mario Maker. Well, so, I, but I, I, yeah, but see the thing which is, isn't fair, but that's kind of yeah, where I was yeah, feeling on it. So, because you can make it a Mario game that looks like the games you love, you can even fuck with some of the 3D stuff. Now, I was reading, like, uh, I don't know, I now I'm kind of scared, but I always thought it'd be cool <laughs> for us to make levels for like I like games that sort of give you that threshold for creativity. I mean, you guys know mm-hmm. from my. No Man's Sky base building and stuff, and Minecraft, I'm sure anyone's... I like, I like the idea of us make, like, I thought it'd be cool if we all made, like, tinkered it out, made levels, and then didn't tell our listeners who made the level, and mm-hmm. they could play them and vote on which one was their favorite, without knowing who made the level. You know That'd what I mean? It's sort of like, yeah. And then maybe we get some sort of prize or reward for us to actually, to put into it. Um, yeah. Because if people, like, when know Morgan made this level... A mushroom, yeah. yeah. <laughs> fish is, well, fish is mushroom is uh, always available. Um, <laughs> you don't want it. <laughs> it's right. It's blood stained. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't want to know. It's a long story. It's the sock friction. It's, um, let's see. You gotta be careful, fish. You know, you get those little stickers in your sock sometimes. You know, when you go on the lawn, you get those little like spiky stickers in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ow, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's really cool. Fish, you should consider it. I'm not going to pressure you into one of these or not. It's on, for people listening, it's on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, and the Switch version comes out on the 25th, which is, let's see, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, you can get the Switch, which I think I'm going to do because they'll have worked out some of the bugs, hopefully, by then. This game has some notoriously bad uh, internet buzz right now as far as like glitches and um, progress halting fatal. Uh, bugs are concerned um, and that's that's a bummer because Ugh. you know like Josh had it crash today on him for the first time yeah like uh, I haven't had any of the like game breaking things that I'll have to like start over um, and actually the game worked perfectly when it first came out but then they released a patch I think for <laughs> some of those game breaking bugs yeah, and it just wasn't yeah. as stable as the original version and so it's just been yeah, it just it just crashed a couple times on me today when I was playing it before the show. So, yeah. Well, I try to put this stuff into reference for me. Like, I think Castlevania is a little different because there was newer Castlevania games that were good, and mm-hmm. it looks like Ko- Koji Igarashi actually produced some of those games uh, for the DS. I'm sorry, the the Game Boy Advance. I didn't look at the DS ones, which means production can mean a lot of things, but it means he was at least involved in them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but 
what's so cool about this is like if they had made a new a game that I love, they stopped making. Like let's say Donkey Kong Country, the team got back together and they were like, this is gonna look like and play later on in the country or Tomb Raider or something. Like I talk about those games all the time, right? Yeah. To understand what this game means to people and why they were so excited for five years, you had to have like really loved games like Symphony of the Night and stuff and been like, fuck yeah, Konami won't make this happen. It does. It's rough around the edges and it has kind of a homegrown feel to it. And that's, I think, interesting, but it's also part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a fast, I find it really just interesting. But at, on a surface level, I went in there with no expectations and I, I've been having a great time. I love it. I've, I've sampled it. I think I'm going to go buy it now. So Yeah. Did not think that was going to happen. Now, and that, having said that, the story seems really, really, really bad. Like, atrociously it, well, awful. It's, it's fairly <laughs> corny, just like all the other Castlevania games. Like, none of them are really all that deep. Like, they're, you know, go chase down Dracula. The, the interesting thing about Symphony of the Night was that you got to the end, and the bad ending is if you do kill Dracula, um, which I, I don't mm. know if you'd... Anyway, I need to go it's, back it's, it's old enough that I think I can ruin that at this point, but like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's yeah, one of the first games that really gave you a ton of information uh, via item descriptions and stuff, because you had um, in that game, you know, like different items that would do stuff, and they'd have descriptions, and there was, if you got a certain combination, basically that gave you all the same power-ups that Dracula would have had. Uh, yeah. You could get into the last fight with, you know, like all the, this equipment, and instead of just killing Dracula, you'd help save him and then like it like it was oh, okay. it was weird it was kind of its own and, and then go into the upside down castle and go from there it's yeah yeah which has been kind of in every other castlevania since then the yeah, whole multiple yeah. ending things with one of which being really well, <laughs> really early on in the actual game uh, is i was gonna ask about this is it worth it to check out that other one that they made um i could probably run that on my pc they, they made it they hit their kickstarter goals and they made a prequel yeah yeah that one yeah actually, i actually i i mentioned this it's been months now but uh i mentioned at one point that backer reward came out um because like that was another one that i just got for free because i backed it um, yeah that one's bloodstained circle of the m- no, I think so. I can't remember the exact subtitle, but that one's basically it's based off of the Super Nintendo um Castlevania really? games instead of okay. the PS1 Curse of the Moon. Like, That's Yeah, Curse called. of the Moon. Um and so it's got a lot of the even older style graphics like it's a it's a pixel art game with, you know, that style mechanic yeah. on it, but it's yeah. it's really tight controlling. Like it feels much better than those games would would if who, you went back to play them. Do you like, play was, as the bad guy in this one? Who do you play as in? I Curse don't even remember. I don't. I don't remember any of the story Dude, stuff that was going on there. Dude, that game looks cool as but, fuck. Yeah, the gameplay was really yeah. tight. Like I sat down there thinking with with fish one day after. Like it was after one of the podcasts, and mm-hmm. like I'm like, what's this? I got an email about a backer award, and so I, you know, installed the thing and sat down and played it, and it was just good, good. Um, is it is pretty long or just short like the old ones? It's shorter. You could probably finish it in a sitting or so. That's crazy uh, that they hit a Kickstarter goal that allowed them to make a whole nother fucking game. Mm-hmm. No wonder it <laughs> took five fucking years to make this goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that thing's got to be cheap on the Switch. I think that one's on the Switch too. Let me check that out. Uh, I'm not sure fuck. about that. 
I bet that thing's like nine bucks on the Switch. In which case, I'm gonna pull the trigger on that thing now, <laughs> if it is, because that's fucking dirt cheap, uh, and it looks neat. Mm-hmm. Curse of the Moon, thirty dollars. There's no way that thing's thirty dollars. There's no fucking way. Hold on, that's a physical copy. Oh. I'll, I'll figure it out. They made a um, physical copy of it. What? Yeah. Huh. Wait, wait. Maybe I was reading. Yeah, they did. I had no idea they made a physical copy of that. Well, look, don't believe everything you see on the internet, so mm-hmm. take take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. I'm just kind of doing this on the fly. I don't want someone out there, you know, blowing their fucking gooey at me. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, if it, I think maybe it was on sale, too. That's why I saw it. Maybe it's on... It, but I imagine because of the... And that's on your Steam library, so I could always jack it that way if I need to. Yeah. There's no way my computer can't run that game, in which case if I it can't... I think you could I manage that one. ...fucking yeah. give up on life. Uh, it's pretty cool. I'd like to talk a little bit more about it next week, but I want to spend some more time with it as well. Mario Maker looks like it comes out Friday. Next Friday. So that won't even make... That would be weeks down the road. Tell me, mm-hmm. that game's going to get a lot of press this summer. Just watch. It's going to get a lot of press because nobody could play that Wii U game. And that was heralded as one of the greatest things ever. Yeah, so. yeah. I think just because of the the audience being there, I I think we're going to hear a lot about a lot about it. Even, and, and maybe and considering why just just the level editor that they put in Smash Brothers, as many yeah. levels as I uh, see just popping up on Twitter and stuff, like people being able to make whole Mario levels. Yeah, that. Dude, I, and I they've think been a- people yeah. will be down for that. So. And if the first one was great, and they've been able to tinker with that formula for, what, mm-hmm. three or four or five years, whatever it is, this one's going to be insane, you know, as far as yeah. options go. Um, and they've included new stuff in there, like, you don't have to finish the level to to complete it. So, like, if Fish wanted to make a level where the goal was to, like, find a key and open a weird door, like, basically he wanted to yeah, make a level that was different objectives not... you can put in there yes, instead of just yes. get to find the Find all the coins, stuff yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I really like games that really evoke that creativity, so. Uh, anyways, that's enough Castlevania talk, I think, for this show. I'd love to check more on that next week. I think Shay could probably get that to run on his PC, too, I would think, if he gives it a shot. He got Cuphead to run on that thing. Yeah, probably. Probably not on, like, max settings or anything, but I'm sure he could get it to run. Look, I can tell you, on low settings, it doesn't look awful. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because of the style, the, the main character in particular, as we joked about, looks better than everything else. But <laughs> the, yeah. it, on low settings, it still looks good. It just feels good. It's one of those games that just feels good to, you know, classic, go side to side, but like have those RPG addictive elements to it. Leveling mm-hmm. up, loot. Um, I haven't even gotten to the music yet, so I don't know if the music's any good. Uh, to pop it's the... good. It's got a really Castlevania feel to it. Like it's yeah. you're gonna you're gonna get those vibes a lot. Like it's one of those things where I'm not sure how good it is compared to how much it's just kind of flipping that same switch that like oh this yeah is making me it's, it's giving me the I feels. Think, so I think the problem with maybe how this game is gonna be remembered besides the bugs is just how how much it is just trying to evoke an yeah. old feeling. And how much people are going to hold that against it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not going to rub them with the same level of excitement as something new. Which I get. That's fine. Um, yeah. And maybe because I have less experience with Castlevania, maybe I'm enjoying it more than I expected. There's a lot of factors that are difficult to... Mm-hmm. Let's see. So, you guys have been playing a little of the Outer Wilds. And I'm curious to hear about this because I downloaded it on Game Pass. So now we can chime fish into the conversation. 
mm-hmm. as he sits quietly uh, perusing his DMs. Um, ladies, get in there. Um, Stay out of here. Well, that's that's not the right attitude to have fish. Fellas, <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> get in there. <laughs> I love the idea that these beautiful women are jumping in there like, hey, and he's just like, get out! <laughs> Delete your message! How dare you! Sound like an old hermit or something. <laughs> ah, just stay out of here, please. What's wrong with these beautiful women messaging me? Um, So the Outer Wilds is a weird thing. It's Game Pass and a bunch of other places. Uh, So it's hard for me to get a feel for this game, like what it's about. What's it, Fish, break it down for me. Like, when you first start playing Outer Wilds, mm-hmm. what's it like? What's the feel like? Um, uh, it's very... It's charming. It's very charming. Like, it, the way they have it set up, um... Uh, well, let me just start from the beginning. Uh, it starts you off at, like, this campfire, and you're just roasting... You get to... You get the option to roast the marshmallow, um, with a fellow fellow alien, um, who you share the same race with, which kind of weirded me out that I wasn't human, and then I thought about it, I was like, you know what, eh, this, it, yeah, this, this is a story, I guess, but, like, you are an alien with, like, four eyes, and, like, you have weird purplish, bluish skin. Let's um, get to the psychology of why you're uncomfortable being an alien, please, for the next hour. I want to break that down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ask away. Where should we start? Uh, so let's save that for later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it, it seems very charming because you're you're on this planet and it's called Timber Hearth, um, and the way they sit, they have these planets set up, they're just like these little. It's almost like this weird thing where, you know, like in Kingdom Hearts, where if you look at the next world you're looking at. Like that whole sphere of it, and it had your it has like things from that world that are very recognizable to the point where you're just like, oh, I know what that world is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's sort of like that. These worlds are set up like that, but they're they have their own little like main things. Isn't going it kind on. of No Man's Sky? Like you just kind of jump around from world to world, sort of. Yes, yes. There, you fly from uh, world to world. Um, I didn't make it too far. I only made it out to the moon because there was quite a bit of stuff to explore on the planet that you do um, apparently uh, start out at. Um, and there's like a lot of lore that you, you find out. And um, I'm not sure if you can... I'm pretty sure you could bypass most of it. Um, there was like this one area where you train in like a zero G to kind of get you uh acclimated to actually flying in space or floating in space in your spacesuit um which i thought was cool mm-hmm. um to kind of get you uh used to the mechanics of that uh, that way you're not just floating off into space drifting off to your death um which you can do you can just drift off to your death <laughs> yes yeah you can yeah and like dying uh, is kind the... of the mechanic in the game as far as like... oh okay yeah it's like limbo yeah <laughs> Kind well, of. Not, uh, no. no, like, you're not dying that much, but, like, when you die, the credits roll. Like, that that was the game. Oh, that was the story? Yeah. Uh, um, what? Ki- kind of, yeah. Yeah, like, it flashes all the things that you did, and oh, then okay. you start back where you originally started the game. So it's kind of like this weird, like, Do you keep anything with you? Um, Any knowledge I you think got? You, 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That, Weird. That's it. Yeah. And I don't. I think there's certain things that you can like look at or interact with that it saves your progress with, but I'm not quite sure. Um, but I only made it to the moon of Timberhearth um, before apparently time runs out. I don't really. I I don't know if this is like a spoiler to the game, but like there was there was a point where I, I heard like this big boom while I was on the moon. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And I was down in some ruins exploring some alien ruins, and I was like, "What is that?" I crawl out of the moon ruins and look up at the sun, and it the thing is going supernova, and I die. And I'm just like, "What the fuck is going on here?" How how do you and, prevent that from happening? I don't know. I mean, there, either there is a way to do it, or it's just like a time-based type of thing. But I, I'd imagine there is something in the game that you can probably yeah. um, you'd, get you'd to have where to, it'll stop that. You'd have to reduce the mass of that star to really have any sort of chance to, to stop that from happening. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Well. Anyways, it, you're you're presenting. I don't with know this about alien. in the game, but yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you lost me too there. I'm like, what the fuck? This game sounds way beyond my pay grade here. I mean, so it doesn't collapse under its own weight, and uh, it might be oh. in the game. That kind of makes sense because you do you do follow this. Did that theory. happen to you, Josh? The sun thing. Hmm. No, no. Fishes? I turned it on just to see if I could get everything set up so I could stream it. Tomorrow, I'm, I'm actually. Oh, you're start... still early on. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I just I messed around on the first planet, um, just to kind of make sure everything was working properly. Um, did you Did you play around with that little model spacecraft that you could practice landing with? I did not. Oh, I okay. wandered around. I watched a video of something. I talked to a bunch of people, uh, and then uh-huh. I noticed that they had like a geyser in the middle of their town there. And I thought it looked fun. Yeah. And so I went mm-hmm. and I jumped on the geyser and it went off and shot me into the uh, into the sky and I fell to yeah. my death. So Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> okay. See I didn't do that because I figured it was just gonna shoot me yeah. up. You can actually get into the middle of the planet from there, I noticed. Shortly before uh I, I was just I was just gonna get to that. Mm-hmm. Like uh that little model aircraft that you can practice landing on like those geysers that are not active Mm -hmm. i decided to land it in the geyser that was active Mm -hmm. while it was not shooting off and like the camera like the way the camera like follows it around is kind of cool because it takes on uh it's in first person the game's in first person so like whenever it takes control you take control of the little uh remote control uh spacecraft um the camera follows it around it followed it down into the geyser as I was guiding it down there, and I was just curious, like, how far down does this thing go? And, like, the camera kept panning down and down, and, like, pretty soon I was just looking at the ground, but it was still following it, and I was just like, that is the weirdest fucking thing. And I just kept <laughs> yeah. playing around with it, and eventually, like, the camera started panning upward, and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Did I make it out, the, out another hole of the on this planet? And apparently... I I see this little fucking twinkle in the sky. And I'm like, is that is that seriously the fucking plane that I'm flying around right now? And sure enough, it was because I just let go of the controls to stop it, and the camera stopped. 
and then I moved it again and the camera started moving along with it so like that thing was like flying way into outer space <laughs> and I was still controlling it and it, it was kind of this weird like sensation I got from it of like wow they really took this to a whole nother they didn't have to go that yeah, far yeah, yeah. well that demo. seems like the kind of game that it is though that the little bunch of little things that they're taking to a, just from like hearing you guys describe it and having spent no time with it that sounds where yeah. a lot of the personality of the game is coming out at. So. Yes, yes, yeah, and like you meet a you meet a bunch of like the uh, the different people in this little village uh, on this planet, um, and apparently they all have like these aspirations about going into space and like how they, whenever they finally got into space, they found some alien technology which advanced their uh, technology as well and made it much more safer for them to travel through space and apparently a lot of them are uh space adventurers and um, what's the style like though like the vibe i'm kind of weirded out on and i don't mean to interrupt you fish but like i'm curious yeah. about like is the tone of the game dark and creepy is it whimsical and happy like what kind of tone am i getting into here because the trailer that i watched almost gave it sort of a creepy feel but the way you're describing the game uh -huh. does not seem that way no, it's it's it, it has it's it. I'm not that far into this game, but it it's pre preluding to maybe some more creepier moments on some different planets. And as you learn about this alien race, that um, is kind of the main thing because a lot of your technology that you get, like um, this weird translator that can translate their uh, their language, that which is written on walls and. Um, you find out a lot about these uh, certain characters through these uh, uh, written dialogue on the wall. Um, and I imagine there there's a full-on story here, and there's something that you have to solve. I'm just not far enough to know what exactly I'm going to try and find out or figure out in this yeah. space and, and why I'm dying over and over again <laughs> having to restart over. Would you... But it, it, it does feel like a very lighthearted kind of... Uh, what I got from the initial like home planet that you get start out, it, it feels like this like fun, whimsical, like Goonies going out on an adventure type of feel. Like these, okay. these people just put together like a ramshackle spaceship that's held together by wood and like that's cool plastic. It, yeah, and like it, it's like they constantly like remind you, oh, hope your uh, spaceship doesn't burn down the uh, launch pad this time. <laughs> and you're just like, oh. And your character's constantly like, wait, what? The, how many times has this uh, launch pad been burned down by a spacecraft being launched off into space? If I were to, um, so, um, if I were to describe mm -hmm. it as whimsical with an undercurrent of dread, would you say that's accurate? I think it's fairly close. Eh, yeah. I, I wasn't getting that much dread, but... How about whimsical maybe? with an undercurrent of suspense? Curiosity. God damn it, fish! <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just really curious going through that game. Like, you get that real, that kind of, like, space adventuring feel to it. Like, it's very lighthearted, though. It's not like No Man's Sky where, like, you're on a planet and you're just like, oh, fuck. What am I scary and alone water? and stuff yeah, yeah what am i gonna what kind of giant beast am i gonna come well it's not procedurally generated it's all like a it's a smaller galaxy but all the planets yes. are very particularly designed yeah very particularly designed yeah there's like there's one planet where it has like two planets conjoining together which was cool and like the name i forget the name of them but it it also has very uh some of them are kind of unique and interesting and in, just in the naming of their planets um but 
Yeah. Right it, there. It, Let's it, pause it there because we're all going to play it. And I want to yeah. I want to follow up next week. Is Josh going to play it? I'm going to play it. I don't know. Cool. If Shay, Shay's going to join us next week. Maybe we could convince him to try it. Um, yeah. I don't know how he could. Well, he got rid of his game pass. Eh, we'll see. Uh, sounds cool. I'm intrigued. I'm excited to try it out. So, what would you would you say? Put your heat index right now. Uh, in for like let's say interest for the game. Much like when you go to like the Noodle Express and they're like, "Would you want your spicy level uh, one, three, or five? What would you What would you put your spicy level at for uh, the outer wild?" <gasps> Um, okay, so is this for a person that doesn't like no spice, or no, likes a little you bit of spice, love spice, but having too much spice can make them turn uh, off by it? I No, that's like... That's, yeah, that's terrible. Uh, yeah, it's not going to work. Yeah, well, I like a middle-of-the-road spice. Like, okay, I don't want okay. something burning my mouth. So though. you want... Okay, well, that's not... Yeah, I really lost this. I, I, I would say... Yeah, you did. I would say I'd put it at a two spice from one to five. Okay, okay. So, so I'm getting good... I'm getting some good heat yeah. there. But you're not but bowled not over. Quite, yeah, I'm not quite bowled over, feeling the full-on yeah. force of it. Yeah. Maybe you'll get a good scoop of rice and there'll be like a hidden pocket of heat underneath that will mm-hmm. take it to the next level for you. <laughs> if you could dip it, you're, maybe you could take that wonton and just dip it in a little bit of the side heat that you got. That's so weird. <laughs> I never do that. Some of these Chinese restaurants or Vietnamese restaurants or Korean restaurants do that. What, like, whenever you order some sort of food, they just ask you a number for their spiciness. I'm just like, that's a little fucking weird, but I guess that makes sense. They just want to know. You want it hot, really hot, or not very hot? You know. I know it's just weird that they like put it on a number scale for you. I guess it's just. More easier. Maybe they have like a little like they probably have like a little radius, and they're like, okay, if they say a two, it's one pump of the squirt. If they say a three, it's a longer pump. If they say five, (laughs) you get two good pumps. Let me tell you, with my five, you're lucky to get two good pumps. You know what I'm saying? God, that's spicy. (laughs) Woohoo! Now I just want to go eat some. Middle Express. Um, they have really, really great wontons there. Uh, pot stickers. I'm sorry, pot stickers. Is there Middle Express anywhere but where you live? I've <laughs> never seen one before. I don't know. Okay, it's a chain. It's a chain. Uh, I don't know about that. It is. It's. A... I've never seen one. Yeah. Google Noodle Here Express, in Texas. Okay. Uh, we got some fun polls to get to. These are exciting. I wanted to do just some. Comedic to silly to fun stuff. We have to run up the show here. And they'll have a word from our sponsor. By the way, if you love what we do, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Join the VIP community. Um, polls this week. We talked about Squall's hair last week. So I had, I thought it was a surprising. I went back and listened to that show. I like to gauge certain podcasts that we do to kind of see how far we've come. And I was enjoying listening to our E3 show with Leslie. Um, thanks again for joining us, Leslie Sector 7 Item Shop. And we talked jokingly about Squall's hair. I was kind of bothering some of us, right? Um, so, sure enough, I did a poll 
about whether our audience, you know, how do you feel about Squall's new look, his new hair? And what do you think it came back as, Josh? What do you think the audience feels about Squall's new hair? Hmm. I assume it's somewhere between uh, change is scary and oh God, oh God, no. And close. You know, damn it, Josh. You just made me, I thought you were going to, I should have put whatever as a choice on the poll in mm. qual, in squall fashion. Like, you know, I love it or oh. whatever. God damn it. Mm-hmm. That would be confusing to decipher that. Yeah, Anyways. it would have been. Just, bit, <laughs> just be like, what does whatever mean? Is it good <laughs> or bad? Dot, dot, dot. Almost as confusing as your spicy level. I feel like Squall would have been like the hot guy that ghosts everybody. Like he takes a girl on a date and then he's ghosting him and they're like, oh, he hasn't answered me in two days. Oh. Yeah. And it's, it's not because of any, any opinion about how the date went. It's just because he somehow thinks it's their responsibility to call him back. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Have, to, you have to do the work mm-hmm. with Squall. It seems mm-hmm. like that kind of a guy. At least for did a it, while. Did, didn't he ghost Sophie? Didn't Sophie, like, have a crush on Squall? Well, who doesn't have a crush on Squall? Oh, I mean, literally, everyone (laughs) has a crush on Squall. Pretty sure Gazelle had a crush on him. There was a... They cut a love triangle from that game that was between Renoa, Seifer, and Squall. That's too bad, because that would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's, like, only one dialogue set of, like, dialogue that you get. That talks about how Cypher like had like a summer with Renoa or something like that. Just enough to give you a little tension between Squall, where he's like, "Your romantic yeah, dream." Yeah, when she was huh? in her bad boy phase before she decided to, yeah, you know, yeah, become a terrorist and take down the government. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, it's a, kind of a yeah. It's a general. How, how bad was the phase before this one? Stuff, so. Really. <laughs> Uh, 74% of our audience said that they loved it! Wow! Hmm. Surprise! I put the picture okay. side by side up on the poll, too. Yeah. yeah! Yeah. Only 26% said they were not a fan. Um. Let's see here. Huh. Huh. I wonder what the problem is with those 20, 20% people. What What's a hang-up with? Yeah, what's your problem? <laughs> hey, what what's going on here? I did want to say I forgot to mention this earlier, and I apologize, but I'm just going to do it now because it's part of our uh, feedback section. Uh, the Cosmic Pop Tart mentioned Oddworld Munch's Odyssey as one of his favorite spinoffs. Um, hmm. Okay. Which would have been, which is is interesting, and I I remember that game, great game. And uh, somebody mentioned Metal Gear Solid, and I thought of VR missions, Josh! You yeah. didn't mention VR missions, and you love VR missions. Yeah, VR oh. missions is uh. just amazing. But technically, it's it's even canon now, so it's, it's yeah. Well, that's a spinoff. You can, yeah. be can, you can have a canon spinoff, I think, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was, yeah. Like, they decided to make it canon in the second one by having Raiden talk about his training in VR missions, which was just yeah. bizarre, but yeah. Yeah. Well, the idea of your missions, that is, that is, it's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. 83% of our audience said they are not interested in buying that <laughs> cloud collector's edition for like $300, hmm. um, which is still a little low. Cause that means 17% of people are going to spend, I that's, was joking with it. Yeah. That's a lot of, yeah. 
I was joking with a fan um, who posted that he just pre-ordered all five of the collector's editions, and I was joking about how much money he spent. And it, he literally bought the Breakpoint, the Cloud, the Cyberpunk, um, Ooh. the do I think do there was two more. I'm not even kidding. All at one time, bought all of them first collection. That's next level financial resources. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. or you're wealthy as fuck. I don't know. I'm not judging. You know, if you have the expendable income and it makes you happy, but good God. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, the, the, the hype is real with those games. I mean, those are all, uh, those all sound like pretty fucking badass games too. Uh, if you were, if I was to get like a collector's edition, like now's the kind of the time to be getting them. Like for Death Stranding, like I've been that so hyped been for that game. Too, yeah, yeah. What happened to the the cheaper ones though? Because like now that I'm looking at this poll. I'm just I'm not gonna give you the exact numbers, but I'm gonna say there was over 50 people that said yes they were gonna buy it. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Collector's edition used to be like 150 bucks, and that was like the cool thing, you know. Like if it was like oh 150 bucks for this cool thing in the game, I'm like yeah. But like good God, 300 dollars. I don't know. I guess it's good quality, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, it's yeah. Good, they had the uh, look dope they had that gaming. They had the action figure of Cloud displayed, I think, at E3, and uh, I've seen some pictures of it, and it looks really good. So, and it's not tiny, I don't think, or at least the picture made it look a lot bigger than it appears. But That's yeah, what it she looks. Said. Hot. Yep. <laughs> Come go. on, you set yourself up, bitch. Come on. Uh, I could see you even smiling when you said it. You're just. <laughs> uh, uh, about 65% of our audience is excited about Gooigi I don't get what the Gooigi hype's all about I don't get it I don't get the Gooigi thing it's a green Luigi he's made of whatever I don't get it he goes down the drain yeah. he can't walk well, he was long enough him. already people just really wanted him to be a little more flexible so what it boils down to there. <laughs> and that and that he is. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't get it, but maybe I'm a heartless monster. I don't get the Gooigi thing. So. What, what if I tell you that there's a scene in Luigi's Mansion where Luigi goes into a bedroom with Gooigi? <laughs> uh-huh. Keep going. Turns on the video. Turns on the telly. Mm. Pops in a nudie video. Uh-huh. Put the wig on, Gooigi. Um, I got a, I have a new poll. Uh, if your friend uses the term nudie video, are they a jackass or unredeemable jackass? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's wrong with nudie video? I'm just messing with you. I don't know. I've never heard anyone okay. call it a nudie video, but I like it. I like your headset. Okay. Nudie just sounds like, that sounds like something I would say when I was younger. I'd be like, dude, yeah. you got the duty video? <laughs> like, porn is too gross to say. Like, you don't want to say porn. It's just something about right. it. Like, right. Porn. Oh, no. Porn. It's like the devil in all of us just comes out whenever we say porn. <laughs> when you say porn, don't you feel a little bit weird? And that's, like, a, that's got to be a psychological thing, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> really? <laughs> For us guilty folks with a guilty conscience. Wow. We had sheltered life. Have, have you tried just putting the O back on there? Don't don't shorten it all the way down to porn. Just porno. 
See oh, see no. Oh, out. God. That's way too gross. <laughs> Whoa, oh, that, no. Get that out of here. Like, that's capitalism porn there. That's, that's, uh, that's like Whoa. the CD place by the train tracks that you feel like you're going to get mugged if you walk into. And it says triple X on the sign, you know, triple X. I'm <laughs> beginning to see the root of all these problems. It says nudie videos on the window. <laughs> nudie video. <laughs> You're probably right, Josh. Oh, what was the other one? Oh, this is a good one. Next year's E3 hype, actually surprisingly high. 83% of our audience said that the war between PS5, if you want to call it that, and the Xbox Scarlet, assuming PS5 shows up because Xbox has already announced they're going to be there and the E3 dates have already been announced and all that. Assuming PlayStation shows up and they don't pull a weak sauce again, um, that could be one of the biggest E3s ever. Can you imagine that? Full hardware information, launch titles, holiday launch, all the big games we're excited about will have already been released. Death Stranding, Cyberpunk, Zelda, Pokemon, all that shit's going to be done under the fucking river at that point. It's going to be all new shit. All new it's going to be amazing, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Well, the the trend of how like uh, older con- uh, generations have came out, like they, they would come out and they would kind of show games of last generation running on them um, to kind of sell you on. Look how big of a difference this game, this console makes from last generation. Yeah. yeah. So, so they might I'd do imagine... that. There might be some of that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Death Stranding, right. like Kojima be there. Here's Death Stranding right. on a PS5, and you're like, oh, I guess it looks prettier. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that's never really impressed me. Like they, I, I'd imagine they do have, they have to have, you know, new games already in the works that is utilizing that technology. Um, I, I wouldn't say to the to its fullest, but I would like to for them, you know, to make big big steps in it to showcase what exactly that systems capable of doing and you know sometimes like seeing just trailers or gameplay on like certain games that i'm not necessarily excited for doesn't really get me excited for the console in general so um yeah i think i I think new stuff is gonna it would be exciting but i agree with you they're gonna show the last of us 2 and death stranding running on a ps5 that's big halo infinite gameplay running on a uh, you know like i'm just saying the majority of stuff that we see should be new in theory, which also adds to the excitement of the new console cycle, you know, because most of the stuff has a yeah. launch window pre. Well, yeah, Halo Infinite is launching with the launch of that Xbox or Xbox Scarlet. You know, yeah, the, IGN did a poll that I think is kind of insane. I might poll people about their poll because they said that the shooter people were most hyped about over like Doom and all this other stuff was Halo Infinite. I was like, I find that hard to believe, honestly. I really do. I find it hard to believe that people are more excited for Halo Infinite than Doom Eternal. That just seems yeah. weird to me. Yeah. I don't know. Really? But it was yeah. voted on by people. Strange. Uh, yeah. 20,000 plus votes. Uh, all right, that's it for the polls. Um, it's going to be a fun show next week. You don't want to miss it. Shay will be back. I do want to say we are sponsored by Sassy D Merch at Sassy D Merch on Instagram. You should go check them out. They're good friends of ours. They do fabulous dick art for friends and family. Or if you use one of those PCs for finding your nudie videos, take a break and head on over to sassydicks.com and you can check out the stuff they do. They do a lot of great uh, gaming-related designs, like the Pikachu penis design, Sassy Chew, that we have everywhere. Uh, and they're just good guys, and they're trying to help grow, and they're the first sponsor we ever had. 
So um, we have special love for them. So go give them a follow. Support them. At Sassy D Merch on Instagram. The most fabulous of fabulous dick art. Uh, we hit everything on the list, guys. We did great. I'm checking it right now. Um, I want to thank everyone for chiming in. Everyone who voted. A lot of fun stuff to talk about next week. I mean, realistically, we'll probably be following up on some of these games like Outer Wilds and Bloodstain and Shale be here. But, but that's good stuff to talk about. You know, a lot of good stuff. We'll have a banging topic for you and more insanity. So you can touch that dial now because the podcast is over. It's okay to touch it again. The dial is ready. Josh, do you need to use the bathroom? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Okay. Just so it doesn't... I'll leave my recorder recording. Yeah, that'll make it easier. Me and Fish will just shoot the shit here, I guess. Don't want that poop to pop out in the middle of the podcast. I was kind of trying to listen for it in Josh's voice, like if he was like, you know... (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna... (laughs) Starts correct. <laughs> just holding it back. Um, you ever had a conversation with somebody who had to poop? Yeah, yeah. I've been usually the guy who has to poop. Oh, okay. People are making a conversation with me. Do they ever comment to like, "Do you got a poop or something, man? What's going no, on?" No, no. What I think is funny is that, like, generally speaking, you can always just hold your poop back until you're ready. But there are times in life where you are like, I need to go. You know what I mean? Like, you you yeah. have to go or yeah. you will not control that shit, you know? Oh, God. Yeah, whenever I had my fucking stomach virus this week, like, it was the weirdest fucking thing. Like, I felt like a fart and, like... <laughs> It would I, be I was dead asleep. I knew I was dead asleep, and like I farted, and there was just like a little bit of shit. Just a and little I, bit, yeah. Just a little bit, and I was just like, "Okay, I gotta go to the fucking bathroom." I was just wide awake at that point. It was just like from sleep to throwing the covers over my body or over my body and jumping onto the toilet. It was, and you could feel that little bit of shit in your boxers, huh? And you were like, "Oh no, yeah." Well, it's not gross. Re- ne- not necessarily like. Sometimes whenever you're, like, negotiating a a shit from a fart, whenever you're trying to gauge what's going to come out, like, usually you'll fart and you're like, it's safe, but then you'll feel, you'll feel a little weird afterwards. You'll be like, oh, that that might have been a shitty one. But then you go to the bathroom (laughs) and you're like, oh, I was good. I was good. Yeah. It's like close call. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of Welcome to my world, fish. It sounds like your bowels are starting to fail you. No, it was just a fucking stomach flu. My bowels are but fucking But fish are too healthy to get stomach flus. What's going on? It was food poisoning. It was... Oh, I'm so fucking pissed at that fucking place. Because I eat there all the fucking time. I never ate there at dinner time, though. That's a thing. Where? I, Where was it? Uh, uh, this barbecue place called Spring Creek. Mm. I always eat there at lunchtime there. And for some reason, ate there at dinner. And they were busy as fuck. And I eat a shit ton of their food. And all their sides and everything, and one of the, I can't pinpoint which one of the fuckers gave me food poisoning, but mm. 
Yeah. That was fast, Josh. Yeah. He's a fast poop. Must have just been ready to go. Mm-hmm. I told you, I should have <laughs> gone before the show. Just open the bay doors! Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's, like, right out. it's like the end of Alien, when they open up the airspace lock, and it's just... <laughs> This is our special turd segment that you can hear after mm-hmm. the podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, fish. That's awful. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. It's got a horrible feeling too, like because you get that sick feeling in your gut too, mm-hmm. and it's oh, just yeah. like it almost feels like you have to puke. Like it's the weird thing for me is like when I get yeah. like sick or food poisoning, or whatever. I I just not a puker. Like I almost never puke, but I feel like I have to, and yeah. I'm just really good at keeping it right there yeah. yeah we had a stomach bug going around here last week that was like a really mild stomach bug because none of us were puking but like it was like a few days in a row where like one of us would be up all night just feeling like we're about ready to puke just like really mm-hmm. bad stomach pain just like yeah just feeling awful it was like the first night was the the kid and he was up all night just kept telling us that he was you know that his stomach hurt and Felt like crap, and then my wife had it the next day, and then I had it the day after that. Like nothing happened, but it was just like we just felt horrible from whatever this thing was that we were passing around. True story. When that happened to me a couple of weeks ago, I was home alone, which was kind of terrifying because it's like, wow, if this is like some serious E. coli or something, and I kicked the bucket. My wife's not here, and I'm. Like, but I was like yeah. sitting on At least the, the cats will clean up before she gets back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm not, I'm not even shitting you. I grabbed the switch and I was like, "Well, this is a good time to grind in Final Fantasy." <laughs> <laughs> oh, climb that tower. Oh man, it's a fucking cockatrice. <laughs> it, was, it was helpful though. I got I mm-hmm. got a lot done at both ends. You know what I'm saying. 